0: I've gotten into vaporwave music. Oh
1: really? Yeah. Like um just edits of uh pop songs or like normal songs?
0: Like, no, like original original pieces, I Like s-
1: uh there's an edit so- of like somebody that I used to know that's like a vaporwave edit. Oh, that Really? I, like, yeah.
0: Oh, I would check that out. Uh so one of the guys is Tupperwave. Tupperwave. Tupperwave is a guy, and I think he'll pull he was pulling like 80s disco mm. 90s disco like really like songs i've never heard of but then he you know turn it into his own thing but i think he has a couple original pieces too i don't i don't know i think accidentally I mean, search tupperware well that's how it pops up like that uh-huh <laughs> um tupper wave okay. yeah on spot i go to spotify he's got he's probably got like eight or nine songs that i like hmm
1: it looks like he's got a decent amount of stuff Mm -hmm. um definitely looks like something i'd be into
0: i would check him out if you're into the if you're into that he he takes i mean he he synth the you know synthesizes disco which Mm -hmm. is really it's fun
1: i haven't listened to a whole lot in a while like i've been listening to more like pop punk kind of like post-punk okay sort of whatever like uh (laughs) have a nice life that my favorite band yeah. I discovered them like a couple years ago and I just haven't stopped listening to them and they all li- they only have like a handful of songs really yep so there's not much variety at all but I just keep going
0: back to that's them. how st motel man st motel st motel they do um they are what I would call like family dollar pop <laughs> so it's oh they have a video with 42 million views my type oh yeah dude that's a that's a hit they got um, uh, Cold Man. Um, I can't. Remember. I can't even think of some of their stuff. They look interesting. Yeah. No, I'll they're it's out. it's they're it's a it's a very um it's a vanilla it's like a vanilla pop. It's not overly done or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe indie pop is how I'd probably describe them.
1: Yeah. There's this band called VHS Collection that's like a synth pop kind of group. Ooh. Like sort of indie on the indie side. Yeah. They're nothing like super out there. They're pretty accessible, but VHS I like VHS Collection? Yeah, I like a few of their songs. Um
0: I might have listened to them on I think they popped up on the Spotify
1: yeah uh someone at work recommended them to me and i listened to them and i i enjoyed them so
0: i'm gonna have to check it out Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i have uh i have um oh what was that one you were just talking to me about uh saint motel i have that in my search history so you gotta yeah that'll pop up
0: i would (laughs) say check check them out they they like i don't think they have a whole lot of songs in their discography but um they got like 10 anytime they pop up you know on my stuff i listen to them and it's you know there's another song they got called Sister or Sisters. Okay, it's really it, they just do fun. Very, I, I I'm trying to. It's very when I say Vanilla. There's not. It's there's no real deep meaning behind it. Mm. You know, so I, I don't know if they're kind of poking fun at pop right. with their music, but it's very like my type is about to do that sees a girl at a at a club you know or at a at a party yeah and he's like I want you and yeah. that's, that's
1: essentially what the song is that's kind of how VHS collection is their lyrics are super simple yes like there's nothing like part of the reason I love have a nice life is because their lyrics are very like literary mm-hmm. like they have a lot of different kinds of like prose throughout the lyrics whereas uh VHS collection I really enjoy but their lyrics are stuff along the lines of like Driving through the night, feeling all right. gonna Yeah, go on a flight, gonna go to New York City. Like that yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing.
0: But that's fun.
1: It's fun, yeah. Yeah. And if it's got a good beat to it, then I really don't mind if the lyrics are simple.
0: That's why I like that stuff, too, because it's like, I'm not being plastic about it. I'm not being artificial, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they're they're... I think they're doing it tongue in cheek. Yeah, when they when it's a, it's kind of like, hey, we gotta we know how to make some good music. We just don't know anything that we have to write about or sing about. So,
1: and some some bands, I feel like they just make lyrics up that don't have meaning, but they just do it because it sounds good. Like uh, I feel like a lot of MGMT's early stuff is sort mm-hmm. of like that, where they just kind of throw words at whatever music they made, and if it sticks, it sticks, and usually. It sounds pretty good,
0: yeah, that's the one I would have um, I like them GMT, I think time to pretend's a good one, yeah, um, I
1: like that one. I love their little dark Age album. that one's probably my favorite by some them.
0: they' were, like on the cover and they look like they were at like an EDM concert.
1: no, that's uh oracular spectacular, yeah, yeah, that one's like their most popular. Um, little dark Age is I think their newest. I think it, even though it came out like 2017 it's the it's the one that's yellow with like the clown face on the front. Ooh. Yeah. I I love that album. It's it's great in my opinion. Um but Gideon would love to be a part of this conversation
0: <laughs> about oh music. Oh my god, I know. I was thinking about him the other day.
1: I think about him all the time. Yeah.
0: He popped up on um facebook he had a new song that came out it sounded really good
1: yeah he sent it to me before he like put it out it really doesn't have
0: okay i guess we're just dropping hey look how (laughs) close i am to my friends (laughs) (laughs) little vip access huh (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: he sent it to me and he i described it as Feeling like I was playing a uh, level in Mario with like the ghost house.
0: Yeah, because it's
1: very like kind of lighthearted but a little spooky. Yes, you know?
0: exactly. That's how it felt like a carnival. Kind of mm-hmm. like when I would, like I'd be walking around at a uh, uh, Stranger Things. Honestly, yeah. Like season three when they go to that car. I it was funny because I was just finishing up that season and I happened to watch that video. His video. And I just I was thinking about being at the carnival in Stranger Things. Yeah, you know, there's that there's a, a certain level of uneasiness, but it's not. I mean, he he wasn't hitting you over the head with it or anything. I I liked it. I was gonna say something to him too, and then I was like, I should say something to Kyle. And then I guess nothing came about it. But Gideon, yeah. if you're listening, that's a it's spectacular.
1: And if you don't know, Gideon's the one who made the music for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to listen to more of his stuff. His Instagram username is called Wake Rise Fall. All one word, no underscore, anything. Just Wake Rise Fall.
0: Cool. That's a yeah. Yeah, you you check him out. Mm-hmm. He has his
1: it. latest on there with the Spooky Carnival. That's on his Instagram page right there.
0: Is that what that is? Is it called that?
1: Wake Rise Fall.
0: No, the, <laughs> it's the newest video is it called Spooky Carnival? I don't or? think he's
1: given it a name. He really just posted it with the caption, "Gather around for the Spooky Carnival." So oh. I've I've just been calling it Spooky Carnival. Um, that makes sense because it's like the thing wow that i don't know if that was
0: subconsciously it. i did that or i think uh they, yeah, i had each, to, i had you picked up that. on
1: associations there and you did a good job connecting it so i applaud you thank you mm. thank
0: you so i'm gonna take the credit over gideon on that and i will <laughs> thank everyone <laughs> um
1: i guess i can intro now
0: sure are we <laughs> yeah Beep boop pop. hello
1: everyone and welcome to the 24th episode of the neon crew podcast my name is kyle and my name is mclean we, are, uh, we, have a, we have a few discussions today. Um, yes. Well, by a few, I mean a couple.
0: And by a couple, you mean two. Yes. Okay.
1: Some people, some people will say like a couple few, Ooh. which, which I, I found interesting. I asked that person, like, what does a couple few mean? Four or more. At, well, they said f- at least five. Really? Yeah, because a couple typically is two. Mm-hmm. And then a few is no less than three. So a couple few mathematically equals at least five. It can be a little more than five. God, I feel like
0: the English language is beautiful
1: yeah <laughs> English and math i'm uh, <laughs> I'm sitting you down for a elementary school
0: lesson. Wow uh uh-huh. a couple few. I don't know if i've I don't know if I've ever dropped a couple few.
1: I've only heard it once really from one person and, <laughs> and
0: you made them defend themselves. I wanted an explanation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted <laughs> answers. <laughs>
0: cornered them (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) i needed to know um
0: but yeah why don't you just go with the five mark then if you're gonna drop a couple i feel like i mean i'm an efficient i mean i feel like saying five is quicker (laughs) that's what i was gonna say it's more efficient to go five i don't know what they're talking about though like minutes are yeah i feel like
1: if you want to have rigmarole you say can you give me a couple few chips it's like you're just asking for people to open up a discussion about it it's like you want to talk about
0: it but it's a good i mean hey if that's a if it's a party it's a party uh, dinner conversation
1: mm-hmm. it's like uh it's like one of those conversations i feel like seinfeld would have
0: oh god something. yeah yeah something that's just very mundane mm-hmm. but you do you need answers
1: yeah like uh something that will just bug your brain for the rest of the couple weeks Um, A couple few weeks. Couple few. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of a couple couple few weeks. Yeah. Um. This kid from this movie got kidnapped and spent a couple days. I think in a (laughs) basement, (laughs) Uh, and we're talking about black phone. Yeah. So uh, we decided to watch this film and we're going to talk about it. Um, Did you want to intro this one and I can get sure stalker
0: yeah 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 oh yeah yeah yes yep yeah no i think that's what we we agreed to do we were talking about doing that and uh that's what we're gonna do so we might as well do it strap in right i mean if that's what we're i mean really that's what we were were thinking about so hold your ass but (laughs) sit down grab a hold of something Mm. all right we got the black phone uh 2022's black phone um written by Joe Hill, actually based on the story. So this was adapted, mm, but it's I,
1: based on a short story. Yeah,
0: Joe Hill, um, son of
1: uh, uh, Sandy Hill. I don't know Stephen King. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember looking. <laughs> oh, him now up. it comes out. <laughs> well, I didn't. I forget about it because his last name isn't King. So
0: right, you think he hates his dad?
1: Uh, if he does, it's a weird way of showing. How he hates his dad by becoming an author himself. Maybe he thought, "Oh, I can write better than my dad," so yeah. he became an author.
0: That big like "f one upper kind of. But
1: I don't know. I feel like
0: uh, well, he's on. He's he's got a good trajectory. I don't know how many films King got made, but he's got one now.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> you you got to say that he's at, he was at least inspired by his father. So. Yes, I would agree. I think, especially with movies and stories like this.
0: Yes. 100 well, percent. And this is there's a there's a little bit of little bit of trivia on here. I was trying to do you know read it up on some of this stuff, but this is um, director co writer Scott Derrickson who teamed up with uh, Mr. Cargill.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so they adapted this from Joe Hill. Uh, it's starring Ethan Hawke, uh, Jeremy Davies, who we just do not see enough of. I think no, no, no. I don't think it's Davies. It's James Ransom. I like James Ransom. Um, Madeline McGraw. Uh, son of Timothy and Mason Thames. I'm gonna go with uh, as the as the as Finny. Mm-hmm. Finny, the boy.
1: Isn't Madeline McGraw the sister? Who the the sister in the movie? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like Timothy McGraw's sister or Tim McGraw. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like sister. I was like, Tim McGraw young. is the sister. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what are the parents doing? <laughs> Um, yeah, no, she's a sister. Gwen Ethan Hawke plays the grabber. Jamie Davies plays Terrence, who I believe is the, is the dad. Yeah. Which actually Jamie Davies was in, um, saving private Ryan. He played kind of the pansy soldier. Oh, he was, um, yeah. Oh, what's his name? Upham upham Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yes. Um, and then James Ranson was in, uh, so this is, this guy, I think he directed Sinister.
1: Yes, he did. He directed Sinister, and he also directed the first Doctor Strange film.
0: Yes, and he was actually on the second one when he left.
1: Yeah, he was going to make uh, Multiverse of Madness, but then he dropped out.
0: Creative differences. So that's 2020. Mm -hmm. So I think my uh, Doctor Strange COVID theory holds up more, because they got Sam Raimi to direct it then, right? Yep. Right, and that was in 2020, so God knows... What happened to that film? Well, actually, I know what happened to that film. I watched it. But, yeah, right. Uh, anyways, you know, we don't need to talk about that. This is essentially about um, it's a it's a it's a nice little 90... 100 minute film about uh, child abduction and the grabber. Uh, the movie starts out with uh, a little bit of a, a cool kind of you know fun fun baseball scene going on, mm-hmm. you know, with the kids. And uh, I don't know if I agree with it, but I kind of you know it's whatever. Guy gets pimped, you know, home run shot, mm-hmm. you know, stands him up. He's like, hey, man, you got good stuff. Yeah. You know, and they did, like, the wiggity sign.
1: You got a good arm. Yeah. You almost had me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which I was like, man, if I was active, I'd be like, fuck you. A <laughs> <Like, laughs> little too much competition coming out. Mm-hmm. Um. But that was cool. But anyways, you know, some things some things unfold. There's some more uh, uh, child abductions going on in the area, and uh, you know, people don't really know. I guess it's the '70s, so instead of putting a curfew in, everyone just goes, "Well, it's not our town," so um, you know, kids are kind of oblivious to it—not well, oblivious, but there's it's there's not at man, there's- I guess there's a little bit of fear going around, mm-hmm. and then some of the bullying that occurs, it kind of morphs into the grabber's going to get you. Because this guy, I don't know when he strikes. It's every, you know, I don't know if he's like a hunter. It's got to be every six months or something like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, Finney, uh, as you see in the trailer, he gets captured. And uh, kind of goes into him trying to escape the grabber. And, uh, you know, a little bit of the of the community trying to help out and figuring out what's going on with this guy. Uh, so if you haven't seen this film, obviously time stamp this. Go out and check it out. They yep. Can, Spoilers. You know, yeah. Alert gore so uh yeah anyways uh kyle so you just saw this i saw this like probably a week and some change ago okay a couple few
1: couple, couple few? <laughs> a couple few at least um, boy
0: as much as we we're given that shit that actually might i might just do that out of irony now
1: yeah now it's gonna be out of irony and then it's gonna actually become something that we just say
0: into jargon it's yeah. just hey i've seen a couple few
1: yeah it, that's how it always happens I I ca- like.
0: of course it's you, a you go to make evolution. fun of someone and then all of a sudden it's just part of your literature you just
1: yep you just start saying it <laughs> that's how it starts um, yeah, no, I saw this, um, not super long ago. I still remember a decent amount from it. Um, and, uh, it's funny cause I used my, uh, cinema carousel VIP membership for it. So yeah. that was, that the was movie cool. pass, uh, pretty much movie pass. So yeah, 1995.
0: I know. I think I might, I might have to do this.
1: It's worth it. I think even if you only see two movies a month because you pay 1995 a month and tickets are like twelve dollars now yeah and plus if you get concessions and you spend like 38 bucks to watch moonfall then it adds up
0: (sighs) who is that oh (laughs) someone a a friend of mine (laughs) that i've already erased it from my memory i'm just looking at it's like memento it's it's partially my fault because
1: i told him that we should see it but you know
0: what fucking idiot dropped 38 dollars that's you're just (laughs) looking at me like you did (laughs) (laughs) right
1: You just love, uh, Roland Emmerich so much, Oh,
2: where have you gone?
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I watched this and, um, I want, I want to ask you first, like, what did you think of this film?
0: Um, so I went to the drive-in, this was a uh, part of that double feature, uh, with <clears throat> Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. you know, the big the, the fucking money grab I was just ranting about, <laughs> yeah. uh, but this actually I think was worth the price of admission, um watching it from the trailer you talk about mismarketing like we've been doing that a lot lately i think this is another film that was mismarketed um
1: like how so well cuz i really i didn't see much marketing for this movie so i i think I, I saw the trailer once and that was it and i didn't really remember much from it
0: what ha- so they they this was going to get a release in january and uh early reviews are so high that blumhouse push it off to the summer they thought it'd be compete be able to compete with some of the summer blockbusters mm-hmm. um so you started getting a little bit more of the marketing coming out and it was more of a like not it was just more of a horror like it was kind of like a spooky super or well, not supernatural but a spooky horror film you know mm-hmm. obviously kid gets abducted there's gonna be a lot of scares he's talking to ghosts on the phone you know like i don't exactly know how to describe it ethan hawk has the face so you're probably thinking maybe a little bit more blood and guts coming out you know you don't really know how many kids got abducted so god knows what he's doing to them yeah jump scares galore and it really wasn't that which was nice i mean they they played a little bit into the fear that i think anyone would have if someone was going around your neighborhood you know i don't know what you exactly call that um just paranoia yeah 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 um and and they, they let you kind of feed into it and then I thought it was refreshing to have the kids on the phone as providing some dialogue and some, uh, some help with what's going on. Not to, I mean, it was obviously part of the film, but, mm-hmm. um, I like the kids performances and, uh, you know, Ethan Hawke being as creepy as he could be. I mean, I thought, I thought everything tied in really nice and I didn't, there's a couple of things I had a problem with. That I'm sure we'll get into mm. uh, and I'm curious as to what you thought but i Mm. i enjoyed it i liked it i'm gonna say that right now i went in there thinking it was gonna be really jump scary like really spooky and horrific you know and it wasn't it just i thought it was a nice concise 100 minute film they went point a to point b um and they got a couple nice little stories in there and in terms of character development with the kid it's a kid i mean i child actors have so hard to can grow but there is a good message within the film mm. you know and even if you're you're helpless or you know it's there's some disdain going on you know that you can overcome the odds you know so there was you know it, it, I I don't think kind of like talking about those pop bands I think it was kind of like a vanilla vanilla story not too much behind it now I'm gonna get your take on it because mm. I was trying to read up a little bit on this but you know, I think it just was a nice little. It, it felt like a short story that I just got played out for me.
1: Yeah. Um. I guess I can go into my thoughts. Yeah, now. yeah,
0: yeah. Let's hear it, because I. And if you shit all over them, you shit all. Of them. <laughs> a,
1: I thought this movie was pretty average. Wow. Um, yeah. You and what are the zoomers saying now? Like mid. Yeah, I, I thought avenges. this was pretty mid. Really. Mm. Now, I I don't think I connected with this film as much as you did. Uh. So. I think my biggest issue was the writing, specifically with, like, character dialogue. I thought a lot of, like, the writing for the characters just wasn't good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do agree with that. Like,
1: it didn't feel like characters were talking to each other in, like, a natural way. It felt, like, really sort of overly dramatic and kind of, like, way too, I guess, like, not caricature but, like, just kind of predictable and plain like I I didn't think it was anything too unique and then also my other biggest issue was was like some of the performances like I I didn't think that a few of the kid actors were very good and obviously like <laughs> kid actors you know they like you said they have a harder time cuz they don't have as much experience as adult actors obviously but some of it just kind of took me out of the movie Really yeah there's a scene where the sister is she's like yelling and like crying at i think the dad character or someone and the entire time that was going on i really tried hard not to laugh because i thought it was pretty goofy and (laughs) i wasn't buying it one bit really yeah i i didn't i didn't think that i could take that scene seriously yeah because it came across kind of goofy to me
0: yeah and that's i think some of the using that as somewhat of a side plot into some of the the I don't know the mental physique of the character. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. It. I'm not gonna lie. That was. I. It wasn't odd. It just was. I don't know if it was needed for what was going on. Yeah. And I don't know if it's supposed to with some of the overall message. Mm-hmm.
1: You know. And then there was um there was a scene in the it's like kind of a smaller issue, but it goes along the same lines with my issues with the performances mm-hmm. and the dialogue, where. Finn is in the bathroom with the the kid that helps him like fight against the bullies or whatever. Like yeah. he he scares off the bullies for him. Yep. And so they're talking about like Bruce Lee movies and stuff like that and I thought that that whole conversation the other kid especially I thought he was like given a pretty janky performance and that kind of took me out of it and then like the dialogue of what they're ta- it like felt so stifled. Like oh, you you definitely need to watch this bruce lee movie man that way you'll learn how to defend yourself finally it's like oh okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it kind
1: of felt like he was reading off of a cue card sometimes
0: it and i won't lie i mean some of the i yeah i there was i think the the one kid that got taken at the video arcade Mm -hmm. i really liked him um yeah
1: I Uh, liked him when he was at the video arcade, like, when we actually got to see him. Yeah. I wasn't huge on him, like, his voice over the phone.
0: None of them was, like, great.
1: Yeah. It felt, like, all the phone conversations to me felt, like, way too played up and, like, and maybe that's kind of the point of it. Like, oh, they're not really themselves. They're just, like, ghost voices of themselves and they're kind of ethereal and they're sort of, like getting into the head of the character a little bit but they're trying to help him out from like the other side and you know i kind of get that that's what they were going for but i just i felt like it was kind of stilted a well little bit.
0: i mean i one i'll say kid actors have a hard enough time being mm-hmm. on the camera yes let alone give them a voiceover and like the one kid from the arcade was fine because he, hey you're a pissed off teen angst kid that can you know beat the shit out of anyone and you mm-hmm. know get any girl that you want, like, you're just on top of the world. You know, so be mad that they strip. The other ones, though, like, you're trying to ask a kid that, like, hey, this is what you're feeling at this time. Mm-hmm. Like, even the girl, because, like, when you were saying that, I was like, okay, if she hasn't been an experience with, like, a drunken dad and, like, getting hit, like, she's probably not going to know what that type of fear. Because yeah. it's not, like there's different levels of fear Mm -hmm. you know so to be able to kind of think about like a time where oh yeah like i could put myself in that headspace for a little bit and reenact you know kind of how i was feeling
1: yeah and i can't even like blame the kid actors at all for like some of those like performances that i didn't think translated well i think a lot of it has to do with like some of the writing and the situations that they put them in because they're very emotionally heavy scenes they're scenes that i think most normal people would have a really hard time with if they were just thrust into it like oh you have to you have to cry and like scream out in pain as hard as you can and like try to make it convincing yeah like i think most everybody would fall short of that task
0: Well, it's it's tough and i'm not gonna i i i i gave a pass to it i guess Mm -hmm. because i it really didn't it didn't bug me at all, and with like, kid actors, I usually go with like uh, I'm not expecting like the an eight out of ten on yeah. that like performance level, and then the the voiceover stuff. I didn't have too much of an issue with just because it's like, hey, one, it's a well, it's it's a, it says an hour one hour forty three minutes. I don't know if that includes the post credits, you know, but I would guess that like the the runtime of the movie just the movie alone is probably ninety five minutes. Like, if I had to guess.
1: It's, uh, it says it's 103 minutes.
0: 103? Yeah,
1: so you're not too far off.
0: Well, that's an hour 43 minutes, but I don't know if they include the post-credits when they run at the end. Mm. That's the one thing, I, and sorry to get off tan, like, on a different subject. But no, you're like, good. <laughs> when they do a whole movie, like, does that include from, like, that start, to like, as soon as they hit the production the production house that made it to when the last credit pops up. Is, I feel
1: like it does include credits. Cause I feel like anytime I watch a movie on streaming, yeah, like the credits will pop up, but it still says like five minutes left on the runtime. That's, and it usually matches up with what I see it advertised as. So,
0: so are you saying they don't include it or do they do? They do. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So like, I bet you it's a, it's 95 minutes. Like I, probably I had, like you get eight minutes of post credits. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, for me, like I, I just think that within ninety-five minutes to have a kid that's gonna have to try to escape somewhere in three days and go through five different phone calls with all these kids that got abducted that have never been abducted in their life, and then over a phone try to have them, you know, persuade their fear mm-hmm. or like try to. I gave it a pass. I'll just say that I, I kind of was more intrigued with um the 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 material that they were presenting to help them escape. I was more so. And like mm-hmm. the whole time like they would be like you have to go do this and then it's like how many of these kids like got to that next stage or did they all talk to one another so he finally got to the last because like the first one of them was like, I only got this far before he got me. Yeah. And then, like, there's another one that was like, I got this. Far. So, like, I don't know if it all, like, in conjunction just worked or if, like, each one of them built off of the one previous. Cause that's how it felt. Like, it's like a ladder, right? Yeah. So uh, to
1: me, it felt like, okay, the first kid gets kidnapped. He finds something that can help him out. Mm-hmm. He only gets that far and then he dies. And then he kidnaps the second kid. Uh, that kid gets the phone call from the one kid right and he's like hey you got to do this to help yourself out so then that second kid does the same thing gets lasts a little step. bit longer yeah. gets yeah. one next step that he himself thinks of and then you know he dies and then it just keeps going until it gets to finley like that's kind of how i saw it
0: that's how i did too but i wasn't they didn't really allude to hey did you talk to so and so like mm-hmm. i wish if that was the case i wish they would have been like hey like yeah we've all been here you're you know this is i just didn't know because i was like that was one of the things that bugged me. I was like, this is all kind of working out perfectly, but if this is the only fucking kid to answer that phone, like, how is this <laughs> happening?
1: Yeah. Well, because, like, uh, to me, the way I saw it thematically was it was a way for sort of the kids that didn't make it to sort of have justice done for them. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like Finley succeeding and breaking out and killing the grabber was the other kid's way of, like, having some sort of, like, comeuppance and, like, yeah. a way for them to, like, not be forgot like, not be forgotten, but, like, um, sort of be, like, held up in, like, this respectful way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, Finley is representing all of us yeah. for, like, what he did and, like, we played our part in trying to help him out. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you can interpret this movie in, like, a few different ways, which is one of the things that I appreciated about it. Um,
0: Ooh, okay there's a big a word there's
1: another element that I liked about it which was just like the whole like concept the idea of like him being trapped in this room and it's dingy and he's got to try to like kind of scrape things together to escape like I always enjoy that type of thing yeah um, and that was probably like my favorite part of the movie was just watching Finn uh, trying to uh, like Jer- Jerry Rigg or like figure out a way to escape from the room and yeah. like Taking it, like, one little step at a time, like, chipping away at a wall with, like, the back of a, like, toilet cover. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to throw a rope up to, like, the bar window and then, like, seeing how you can climb up it, even though he's, like, really short because he's just a kid. Like, I thought that stuff was pretty compelling and is probably my favorite part of the movie. It adds
0: tension, mm-hmm. you know. And I yes. thought they did, for the most part, I thought it did a good job with, with those um, dynamics. There was a couple... I don't know. He's he fucking he dug a three foot hole in the second. I'm just like, that would take you so long. What's this guy doing?
1: Mm. Yeah, I, I think that's another like kind of complaint that I have is that I, I kind of predicted that uh, Ethan Hawk was going to fall into that hole eventually
0: it was a, a couple i mean that was like foreshadowing and then the uh, there was a funny like a checkoff's gun with the steak mm. you know i thought yeah, that yeah. was kind of funny like i i did appreciate that like i was like of course but you know i was like whatever
1: yeah yeah this the steak being there was very convenient for him to yeah to distract the dog with. Yeah. That dog was fucking scary. I think that dog was like one of the scariest things in the movie. I honestly
0: thought he was going to rip someone to shreds. Yeah. He like was I, fucking terrifying. I if I thought he was either going <laughs> to eat the guy that Ethan Hawke killed or uh Ethan Hawke at some, like I really thought that dog like there like that was going to be this another scary part of, part of the film.
1: Yeah. Um I guess like a like one more big issue I had And this is kind of like a more like personal preference thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I really didn't find it too scary.
0: No, I don't think that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why the mismarketing comes from. I think they market it as a uh, horror film. Mm -hmm. And I really think that it probably would go down better as a thriller. Yeah. Like, Ethan Hawke's
1: performance is creepy. And I honestly think he's like the best. Like, aside from like the concept, he's probably the best part of the movie for me. It's like his. Performance. He,
0: he was phenomenal.
1: I yeah. Thought. Like, I think he, above and beyond, outshined pretty much everybody in the movie. Um,
0: that's, like, when you get, like, you know, you're – you're Hey, sorry to go to sport ball, but, like, you got <laughs> your big league team, and then they bring in, like, a freaking, like, all-star, and yeah. then you're just watching, like, oh, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, now, he might as well have been pistol-whipping anyone in there because you got all these kids, and then – Hmm. jeremy james ranson who i like had to play a stoner brother with we'll get into some of the shit too because i listen i like this film but there were things that bugged me uh-huh. but not enough to be like it made it crap yeah you know but like uh no him and then jeremy davies like hey you're the alcoholic like the roles in this were very simplistic outside of ethan Hawke, and maybe that's it because i don't the kid doesn't go through any sort of growth like there's not a lot of
1: characters in this movie
0: like, no. uh It's like a few kids, a few adults. Two-dimensional. And, and that's that's it. They're all two-dimensional. They all serve a purpose for the plot. Like, and even Ethan Hawke does, but at least he has some sort of uh, personality behind him with everything that's going on.
1: Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Drunk Dad is very much just Drunk Dad. <laughs> and then Idiot Brother is very much just Idiot
0: Brother. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Idiots. Like, like, stupid Cops or Stupid Cops. Cocaine-fueled brother. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> so i I was
1: thinking for the longest time like how the hell is the brother this stupid to where he doesn't know that there's kids in his basement but then i figured out that he has separate houses yeah so that kind of like solved that mystery are we
0: allowed to can i get the one gripe out then yes all right part-time fucking magician owns two homes like are we serious (laughs) how insane was that like they get up there one the whole time i'm like what oh my god I'm going to go on a little bit of like what irked me. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, all right, the kid, you got three days. He fucking almost escapes out of the one thing, Mm -hmm. right? And then he gets, he's got enough time to get the rope down. He breaks up, he digs a three foot hole and then he carves something out. Like all of these things are time consuming actions, right? Mm -hmm. All the meanwhile, Ethan Hawke, the only thing we know that his character does to make money is a magician. Mm -hmm. Dude, you're not a where are you going
1: <laughs> yeah do you
0: have like three acts a day yeah you know he's
1: he's uh he's on the grind he's kidnapping kids and he's <laughs> performing two birthday parties a day
0: oh my god i gotta like to see that's what they need to do the sequel the black phone Two, is just his profession uh-huh oh my god could you imagine all this shit no wonder he kills all those kids
1: yeah yeah Boy, they just you fucking suck. drive him insane a
0: fucking blow up animal
1: It's like an origin story, kind of like Joker. It's like something happens to where he just fucking (laughs) just goes off. Like, these kids do them dirty one day.
0: <laughs> like, oh, yeah, serious. Oh, you know he got to one party. It was like they did the, you know, bag of shit lit on fire, like, right when he showed up. Well, like, when yeah. like stomped it out, and then they hit him with the, the flower hose. Well, they were
1: probably like, we we know how you do this trick. You just put it behind your ear. <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen, you little
0: fucker. <laughs> yeah. I'll fucking kill you. Oh, my God. <laughs> they pin him down, and they're, like, hosing him off and stuff. It's just, anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? They, like, they call him a naughty boy? Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't a childhood experience it was like literally like a year It was like a week before he started killing kids <laughs> yeah i was so dude the like they do the whole thing and then they you know they got the doors side by side and they open up and it's like there's nothing here and it's Mm -hmm. like oh shit was it all in his mind you know like what was going and then the cop turns over and he just sees the house across the road and it's like zooming out like literally that's happening and i just went you gotta be fucking kidding me there's Mm -hmm. no way ethan hawk makes enough money to pay two mortgages Uh like unless that was gifted to him like no way Mm -hmm. that was my biggest crap out of everything that was happening with you know talking to dead kids on the phone i was like a part-time magician paying off two homes like get the fuck out of here movie logistics <laughs> not you yeah <hey, laughs> 70s were a different time man yes so, so yeah think about uh the cost of the dollar you know or yeah. the value of the dollar that's actually this is the argument that i'm gonna use when people like when i tell someone i can't like save up to get a mortgage Yeah, they're yeah. gonna be like are you really you can't and i'm gonna be like bro Are you kidding me? A guy that worked 20 hours is a fucking magician on two homes. (laughs) Like, you think, like, prices haven't changed, motherfucker? And he was a single male. (laughs) (laughs) You know, his brother wasn't paying rent. No. (laughs) (gasps) No. Oh my god, dude! I was so that—that's that, the one that really irked me. I was mm. like, and that's just maybe where I'm at today. Like, yeah. I was just like, boy, times are different. Fifty right. years ago, I could have fucking just went out and half-ass some. It just shot. makes you
1: mad about the cost of living nowadays. <laughs> oh my
0: god, that's what it got to. And then the brothers, all he's like high and doing coke and coming up with stuff. It's like, what? Yeah, he's he like do? a
1: police fanboy. Like he wants to be a part of the the police detective force. He's I, like, I've been working on this case along with you guys and blah 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 and. He's like, I figured out that it's in this area right here. Yeah.
0: Like, no... Con- like Just coked out of his mind. Cops are still... Like, they don't even... <laughs> how would you take that seriously they don't
1: even like bust them for the like they see it on the table and then they just fucking walk away yeah <laughs> they're like e- we have much more important things to do not even worth it and listen to that to this wacko
0: i honestly thought i was like oh man maybe they'll like get him involved maybe the idiot maybe he's got like problems you know like he's like mentally not there so he's mm-hmm. not a like reliable character
2: yeah
1: no no yeah, the, uh, yeah, they really just did not give a shit about him. But I mean, he does have a part to play in the movie. He's just kind of <sighs> cannon fodder,
0: unfortunately.
1: Axe fodder, I yeah, should say. Yeah,
0: that like you knew that was coming down. He,
1: or yeah, he he was there to give uh, to give Finn that little false hope, like oh, someone that's not the grabber and the yeah, right through the head. Yeah.
0: What are you a, gonna do? But I mean, it, that, I did like that scene though, because you don't really you get to see some of the violence from Ethan Hawke, but it's mm-hmm. not all. I mean, honestly, like they they allude to things that are gonna happen, but that they, he did do, but you never saw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, if you think about it, the only thing I think that we had seen is him just getting the kids. Mm-hmm. So you don't know. I mean, really, as like as a character, you don't know what he does to them. Yeah, you don't know what he's capable of doing, and then, boom. <laughs>
1: yeah what did um what did you think of like some of the kind of light supernatural elements of this movie i say light because talking dead kids talking dead kids and the sister having the dreams
0: um it it felt so like when i heard that joe hill was stephen king's kid i was like oh i mean this feels kind of like he's pulling some some source material from his dad because the kid reminded me like uh, of the shining Mm -hmm. um i didn't know if the one thing that i i read that kind of made sense was she the dad served a purpose as part of the overall message of stand up to boys, stand up to you know even if you feel hopeless um and he they, one of the things they said was like he was literally um uh uh beating like beating the dreams out of her or whatever you want to say you mm-hmm. know you're not going to have those dreams so it's yeah. kind of like suppression if you will
1: mm-hmm. um because I mentioned the mom having dreams, also, but then the dad tells the story about how she sort of became delusional because of them, and like took her own life, and then that's I, why that's why he doesn't like the daughter having those dreams. Because one, it reminds him of the his wife, and then two, he doesn't want his daughter to go down that same road. At least that's what his explanation is to her.
0: I've I, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of a redemption story in there. If I remember right, the dad kind of felt some sort of somber moment there and i was like oh maybe i should do aa and not beat the shit out of my kids (laughs) yeah yeah, right i don't remember if that was like the overall message or if he just had like sobered up for a minute and was like oh i can finally tell you Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know i didn't really i didn't care about it i don't know if the daughter served a purpose like it was like she helped the cops i was like not really like that kid would have got out of there on his own and
1: yeah i was i was confused a little bit about his motivation to (laughs) beat his (laughs) beat his daughter because At first, it feels like he's angry that uh, she talked to the cops or that the cops came around and asked her questions. So I was wondering, like, oh, is this guy doing, like, some shady business shit? But then he explains, like, the whole dream thing and why he gets upset when she, like, has those dreams. It's like, okay, are you mad about the dreams or are you mad about the cops? Or is it just a convenience thing?
0: I had to guess it would be single dad whose wife had a steady income uh, because I think he said the wife was a nurse.
2: Mm, that, I don't remember.
0: I, th- I want to say that he, he might have mentioned her profession. I could be way off. I mean, like, now you're a single dad. The person that you love took their life, potentially, and it's just alcohol and pissed off about life. Mm-hmm. And so what's the easiest? You know, take it out on the kids. Yeah. They can't defend themselves. You look at them, and you project all your hate and anger because – the person that you love is gone and, and they, they remind you of yeah, that person that you lost the, the creation of, of that love mm-hmm. and that love's tainted. So, you know, that's what I kind of took from it. I just two dimensional alcoholic dad, which yeah. I was like, I, I, that's why I can't remember. I was like, I, Thought that there was a little bit of a a sobriety moment in there when he opened up to the daughter, and it was like, oh, maybe he'll stop this now. Yeah. You know, kind of like, hey, your kid's really missing, and you could see that he's pissed off because he hates and loves this kid. Mm -hmm. I would have liked one more scene with
1: this sort of notion, because the whole theme of the movie is Finley, like, working up the courage to stand up for himself in certain situations. Yeah. And I think I would have liked it if there was at least, like, one more scene at the end with, like, Him sort of confronting his father about the fact that he's an abusive alcoholic. Yeah. You know, and and the father, after, like, everything that happened to Finley, he wouldn't really be able to, like, justifiably do anything because, you know, Finley stood up for himself. I mean, he fucking killed the grabber, so. (laughs) The dad would have a a right state of mind to sort of do a little self-reflection in those moments and be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be a piece of shit. Yeah. I would have liked a little moment like that, but... Yeah. Well
0: that's what I'm saying I think like the 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 story itself is very it's point A to point B I mean it feels like it's not any deeper than what you take from it mm-hmm. you know I think there's a very simple message like you said yeah saying enough for yourself so a lot of the characters like when you think about it they're they're really two dimensional because they only service to you know move the plot forward yeah. so it's I I agree though that would have probably helped with some some depth of the film and you know some of the takeaway with his growth as a kid you know and Mm -hmm. we see him stand up to the grabber so it's like time to stand up you know the to your family yeah you know i mean that's the next part of the hero's journey you know
1: Mm. yeah i think that a moment like that would have been nice but
0: they yeah they didn't want it they wanted to just piss off every millennial and show them you know what it's like to work 20 hours and own two homes
1: (laughs) Pretty much, man.
0: <laughs> I guess my biggest takeaway from that thing, I'll never forget that cop looking over there and they're zooming in on that house. I was like, come, come the fuck. On.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't think about it until you brought it up, McLean. So now <laughs> I'm going to be pissed about it. Now it's going to go down one more point because of you. Well,
0: I mean, dude, we were we got done with that at the drive-in and everyone's like, yeah, what'd you think? What'd you think? It all kind of going on. And I was like, I've just sitting there and I'm like shaking my head. They're like, what? And I go... You mean to tell me? <laughs> like, I just was like, that's what I was hung up on. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs>
1: it's like the gas thing from Gemini Man all over again, filling up the boat. <laughs> oh,
0: God, dude. That. <laughs> uh, why? Why? Or at least have, like, I don't know. It, that's the problem, though, because it's a very, it's a two-dimensional, you know, it's a point A to point B. Like, who the fuck cares how he had the second home, man? Leave it be. Mm-hmm. He's the grabber. He's super creepy. <laughs> Which he was, and I give him credit for that. Um, I got a question, though. What's that? With the masks, obviously they were there to help kind of aid each character, kind of each killing, maybe the psyche of the killer that he's going through. Do you think that there was maybe any schizophrenia there, or do you think that the mask serviced as to his um, thirst for blood, you know, as he got better being a hunter? Uh, they they portrayed any sort of mood that he was in. Mm-hmm. I don't. I tried to look up just a little bit on it, and I th- I thought it was always fascinating. I didn't realize he switched up because in every scene, I think he's got a different one on.
1: Yeah, and he's like got combinations. Like he'll have the same like top half, but not the same bottom half in the next scene. Yep. Like one without a mouth, one with a smiling mouth, one with a frowny mouth. I'm sure it it symbolizes um, his feelings in the moment and like how his demeanor is towards the kid. Cause I feel like when he's like friendly, he's got like the smiling mascot, but then when he's feeling like kind of ambivalent, he's got the mask without the mouth. Yep. Um, and then like when he's sort of like a hundred percent in like vicious killer mode, like maybe he's got like the entire mask with the horns on with like the horns. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's like a lot of symbolism there. I, I can't say for certain what it all means. I'd right. have to watch it again, but um, <laughs> which I wouldn't be like super opposed to. Like I didn't, hate this movie yeah i just didn't love this movie um but yeah i there's definitely something there i feel like with like the mask and i really like the design of it and like the yeah. visualization of the of the mask and like how it was used and that scene where it like slowly pans up the stairs and zooms in on him sitting in that chair with the what, what does he have in his hand? Like a belt. Yeah, he's got the belt in his hand. I'm pretty and sure it's like, a
0: belt that he's going to beat the shit out of that his kid. His shirt's mate.
1: just open and he's just sitting there, like, just staring. Doesn't
0: he have the mat? Like, isn't...
1: He's got the he's got the mask on in that moment.
0: Yeah, like so you and you don't know the eyes the eyes are open. That was the creepiest part too, cuz like, cuz every time he had that on like if it was over like well, I shouldn't say it like that. You had to see his eyes. Mm-hmm. You're trying to like look into his eyes which made it even more eerie, yeah. I think. Cuz like when he was sitting there it's like he's going to be asleep or something like that or he's going to be acting like I just remember like I was staring at his eyes trying to like all right, are they going to show it, like closed or open, you know, or
2: mm-hmm.
0: I just remember that being kind of a creepy part about it cuz you really felt fo- I mean like, you see the overall focus, but you're have to. You kind of looking at him to see, all right, like, what's he kind of... Is it piercing or is it wide open? Is he in... Sh- you know.
1: I think that was my favorite shot of the movie was him sitting in that chair. Like, oh, dude, uh, that was
0: definitely one of the more tense moments.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of, like, the... Like, some of the visualization stuff was pretty cool, like, uh, cinematography-wise. and
0: They did a good job capturing the time, I thought.
1: Yeah, yeah. I liked the atmosphere, especially when they were like outside the school or like they're yeah. walking down the road like you you wouldn't think that it'd be difficult to like recapture that but I feel like a lot went into like the set designs and the whole like capturing that sort of you'd, you'd 1970s have, feel you know you have to
0: find a town that hasn't moved on so you gotta find mm-hmm. like a podunk well i shouldn't say podunk but you probably gotta find a town that kind of like
1: lower class
0: yeah like someone that like every house decided like this is good enough for me i'm not gonna remodel or anything like that mm-hmm. and there's probably like spot and there might be spots like that in california just because it's so fucking expensive where everyone's like you just sell the house as it is for 500k just because it's in a nice area yeah and this
1: motherfucker owns two homes oh being a part-time god, magician
0: dude, they fucking that cop looked over there and like squinted his eyes and i was like what then he <laughs> yeah. just shut
1: that house and i was like even the cop was suspicious oh
0: my god he's like part-time magician huh
1: mm-hmm. yeah the only thing i can think of maybe is that like it belonged to his parents and he that's like what, inherited it or that's something.
0: what i i literally said that to my friends when i when we were watching it like i was trying to I fucking it, you know i was trying to rationalize why <laughs> yeah
1: Come up with a reason.
0: Well, I went through like I went through escrow and like estate planning and I was thinking about taxes at the time and I was like just trying to go through my head like, Man, like he'd still have to like wouldn't he? And yeah. I'm like, Why well, so the uh, value
1: of the dollar, like the wages that a part time magician would make if he only worked thirty hours a week.
0: No, I didn't even go that far. I was like, This motherfucker must be like going to like Eddie <laughs> Munster's house and like throwing on balls or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, but he even looked like he looked dingy like that I don't know.
1: Yeah, he was he was fucking creepy. Yeah, he was. Um, um is there anything else that you want to talk about with this film?
0: No, I had a I had a work buddy that um went and saw this and he got he got so pissed off he DM' Ethan Hawke on Twitter or Instagram. Oh. And said he he goes, I love your work, but you suck.
1: That's an interesting way of going about that. We
0: literally I <laughs> think it might have been both like we came back on monday so i saw it friday and i think he saw it saturday or something like that and he's like hey what'd you do this week i was like oh, i saw the black one he goes me too what'd you think i was like i liked it mm-hmm. and he goes huh <laughs> and i was like all right like where are you going with that just went and a fucking boom see boom, i feel like boom. ethan hawk is the
1: best part of that movie so the I'd, gripes that i have with it i wouldn't message him about it
0: i that's what i kind of was like you i didn't understand i think like i said i think it was mismarketed a little bit and that if you were watching this it's kind of like you're thinking that you're gonna get some sort of you know it like so uh what i read with joe hill kind of he he made a little bit of the script based around the the serial killers of the time you know ted Bundy, john wayne gacy Mm -hmm. um and they actually they brought him in because he the in the in the short story it was a clown that was doing it and Mm -hmm. he was like hey like you know it's kind of came back like can we not do a clown yeah it's a little overplayed yeah so i guess you know part-time magician with two homes Next creepiest thing, which I would agree with that, but I would probably associate it more with drugs. Yeah, he's probably selling his brother the coke.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's how he gets his money. <laughs> his brother just keeps giving him money for cocaine. <laughs> that's how he can afford two houses. Um, I will say I, I did enjoy the music. I thought the music yeah. was pretty creepy, atmospheric, especially that like opening credit crawl. I guess like, with the what,
0: kid dr- on his bike. Is it? It's back? like
1: right after that. I think where like the the credits come up and like it tells you like who's in the movie and like mm-hmm. like what the title is or whatever and like it's got it's like kind of like home video footage it looks like and it's like the creepy music playing over yeah. it and it's like kind of getting intense i enjoyed that
0: quite Even a bit. like they showed him in that too right he was yeah in some he's of the just kind of like
1: he's just kind of like in the distance with black balloons and he's got the mask on and the top hat like
0: yeah it's creepy yeah no i i like i honestly so my i think my favorite parts i like that i like the uh the feel of the film mm-hmm. um like we were talking about the cinematography the the production design of it uh and then the actual the the grabbings like i thought everyone was tense mm-hmm. i don't think there was one where the only one i would say that wasn't was when the kid started going through and he was like in I don't know, dude. He's in a cop car. Like, the, the guy was in his dreams with him. That was the only scene that didn't make sense oh, to me. Oh, with
1: the guy at the arcade? Yeah.
0: Like, he was in, and all of a sudden he. I don't know. I didn't realize. I was like, why is a cop car bringing him here? Is yeah. It somewhat of a mixed, like. This- I also
1: didn't like how. I felt like he repeated the same lines, like, three times throughout the movie. Like, your time has come now, motherfucker. Yeah. This is where the pain begins or something like that because he's like a punk kid. Yeah. But you hear that exact line three times. Yeah. It got kind of annoying
0: to me. Yeah, I agree with that. That's why (laughs) Uh, I do because I was like the second time he said it and then I was like, oh, I guess you know what's coming when Ethan Hawke gets hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then whap with the fucking baseball bat, you know. It's gonna hurt, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, they didn't get whacked with a baseball bat. No, might have got eaten by a dog. <laughs>
1: might have after he finished that steak,
0: dude. I went and, like I was trying to, I was trying to like read up on like maybe some of the like if there was any metaphors or pulled you know um, uh, symbolism of anything, and it's like everything was like the ending explained, and it literally is just like he was listening to the kids on the phone and that's what helped them get through like every i was like like, no shit
1: that's just the movie like (laughs) it's just the fucking plot (laughs) i hate that shit
0: (laughs) like i don't need that (laughs) explained and then everyone's like the big question is did the grabber live or die and i'm like i don't know if that's really a question because like the cops we saw him die is that like i couldn't remember exactly i was like i don't remember if he just hopped over
1: him and knocked him out but i was like no because like he's going through the school and all the kids are whispering like
2: oh that's
0: finley he came back he killed the grabber really he killed him
1: yeah he killed him like they made it very obvious that like he was dead there we
0: go okay because it was like well even if he doesn't it's hard to come up with a sequel because like the cops had the house surrounded uh-huh like there's it, unless he crawled his ass out of there with his fucking broken leg yeah you know
1: <laughs> his head bashed in by the phone
0: oh my god yeah no i and i will say i thought the ending was a little rushed like they were like all it, right. it
1: fell rushed to me like yeah. they're
0: like hey like we ran out of ideas all right this is what the other kid tried doing but he couldn't do it with the phone like you're gonna and i was just like this is we, I feel like we could have got yeah. something better than where we were at.
1: It felt like it accomplished, like, way too much in too little of time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he kills the grabber. Oh, he's back home. He hugs his sister. Oh, he's back at school. All the kids respect him, and the bullies fear him now because he killed the guy. And, nice. oh, he's sitting next to his crush at the end.
0: Yep. Like All just happens in, like,
1: less than a minute. Bowtie
0: ending. Here you go. But, I mean, it made me feel a little good.
1: Yeah. It. So- uh, it definitely was a happier ending even though all those kids died well they didn't die for nothing though they didn't die for nothing um see so yeah, I guess we can wrap this up what would you rate this film
0: I gave this a eight out of ten I did um and I'll say this even though I bash it on it this it I like nice concise concise stories mm. um I like this one because I had a hundred minutes I mean and as much as they had to throw in at you it goes down very smoothly visually it's it's gorgeous I, don't, I didn't really you know the kids whatever here and there but um ethan hawk was creepy and i think if they had maybe marketed a little i don't know if they had marketed a little bit differently i might it, it probably would have said eight out of ten but i had a, a better idea of what i was walking into mm-hmm. um but i mean for that alone I, I i really just liked it was you know point a to point b it goes down smooth and uh, i mean i guess you could say you turn your brain off a little bit just to watch it and it doesn't I don't think I mean I say it like that but like there's not much like oh wait what do the kids represent is this a the biggest thing I had coming out and I hate to do this right now but the biggest thing I had coming out of there was like is this all like Ethan Hawke's like as an unreliable narrator because if he does have schizophrenia I mean I don't even know if he's a narrator but an unreliable character and he's the one going through it is this him going through some of his judgment of his own and that because he could hear the phone too mm-hmm. so it's like alright where are we at with the basement and yeah. you know is this kid already dead is this like Ethan Hawke's way of getting judgment you mm-hmm. know and this is how he sees it in his head like that's about the furthest I want but other than that pretty much they tell you what they're going to do when they do it
1: the whole movie is told from the perspective of the brother in his cocaine fueled <laughs> <What> escapades. <laughs> like,
0: I just, I that was the only. I just want to say, turn your brain off. Like, I don't think you really. There's not much you have to think about. You got alcoholic dad. You got the shining girl, who doesn't really do much. Mm-hmm. And in every step of the process of him getting out, he it works. Like, yeah. little. in when all right, I'll say that when it doesn't. They just say beat the shit out of him with the phone and then it works. <laughs> yeah. So like it's not like there's a whole lot of like, how does he do this now? Like that I that thing happened and all of a sudden he starts crying and then the phone comes back on and it's his best friend. And you're like, Oh, he's gonna help him out. Mm. You know? Yeah. So but it, it, but I, it, you know, besides all that, Ethan Hawke's creepy. I think this is an easy. I think this is an easy one that you could throw on at a party and kind of get like a little bit of paranoia going with your friends, but not really scare the shit out of them. Or like, boy, what's Mac really like? Yeah, you know, <laughs> what's
1: this fucking weirdo showing me right yeah. now? Um, I give this a five out of ten.
0: Yeah, I kind of had a feeling just going the writing. I when you started talk about the writing, I could see why you you know.
1: Yeah, I can't get past the writing, dialogue, and the some of the
0: the characters. character
1: performances and like how one dimensional they were two dimensional. Like you said, well,
0: one, two, whatever you want to call it. They just didn't have any one two,
1: buckle my shoe. Yeah. A
0: couple few, a couple few, <laughs> couple few <laughs> yeah. dimensions they had.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I wish I would have gotten more out of this. Cause there is stuff about this movie that I like, like I like the visual stuff. I like Ethan Hawke. Um, I like the ideas that they present, like the concept of him being trapped in that basement and like trying to scrape by to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there was just too much stuff in here for me to prevent me from like really enjoying it. I would.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got five characters, you're shuffling in there. You got a hundred minutes and three Mm -hmm. days. He's got to get out.
1: I will say though, um, as far as like the type of movie that's out right now, I'm glad that this is successful because Mm -hmm. it had a budget of 16 to 18 million. And at the box office right now, it's got 114.6 million, which is, pretty damn good especially for like a low budget horror film um like this caliber one that's like sort of uh, not entirely an original concept because it is based off a short story but as far as like you know movies that are in theaters it's a a pretty original concept
0: i mean you don't really this is uh, i think the best thing helping this thing out too is stranger things yeah. Like there's a little bit of uh uh we can deal with the kids not being emotionless or not really able to show those emotions. Yeah. And and people can feed off that cuz you 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 know not you but people can get by some of that, you know, child and, stuff, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. And like I think uh also it being popular. Yeah. I agreed. think I think that helped a lot too. And I think I had like the same some of the same producers as the it probably i mean the new it films
0: i don't know if blumhouse bought this like i think they this was a blumhouse film i don't know if blumhouse did it or not i don't think so but i could see them being like hey we got steven's kid like let's try to figure out you know yeah i feel like it i feel like when i watched
1: like the trailer or something like it had something pop up that said like from the from the producer of it or something like that um, that was Mac taking a quick sip right there. He was is not that, taking a piss. Is um, don't believe up? the lies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Cut it in post. <laughs> yeah. Or not.
1: I'm actually going to amplify it so you can hear it even better.
0: Yeah, that'll be my new sound for the ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I guess we can uh, we can wrap, wrap it up. Put wrap, it away. Wrap it up. Put it put in it the away. vault. Put it in the... Yeah. Lock it up. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of locking up Ooh. Uh, some of the characters in the next film we're going to talk about sort of felt locked up in their lives and needed inspiration and to do that they had to travel to the zone I'm of course talking about Tarkovsky's stalker which is what I recommended last episode um, let me look up some info about this real quick so this film is a 1979 uh, Soviet film. I say Soviet because it was made in the, it was made in Russia during the Soviet union era. Um, it's directed by Andre Tarkovsky, who is probably the most famous director from that region. I would say, um, yeah, he's got a, he's got a few films that are uh, pretty of note. And I feel like Stalker is like his most famous one. Um, so I guess I can give like a quick summary. This film is essentially about this character who is referred to as a stalker. And pretty much his designation is to lead people on this journey into this place called The Zone. And f- once they get into The Zone, they have to further journey into this area that's simply referred to as The Room, where it's said that you're deepest desires and dreams will become reality Mm -hmm. and there are only a few characters in this film the stalker himself and then a character only referred to as the writer who sort of gives commentary about the creative side of his perspective and then you've got somebody who's the opposite of that referred to as the professor who gives sort of the logical scientific point of view on things and the three of them go on this journey and you pretty much get to watch their dynamic and their views on life and their philosophies sort of clash ideologies yep ideologies yeah. sort of clash and take shape in front of you all the while you're watching this this journey take place so yeah that's pretty much I think the best that I can summate. That's
0: how it goes down. I am mean, just gonna tell. You. <laughs> there's not. My brother was watching this. He's like, I got 48 minutes in. To, you know, I'm gonna watch the rest and other parts. So he's got.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. So he did what I did. I had to watch this in chunks. Yeah.
0: Cause. Oh, lucky you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a two hour, 43 minute film, I mm-hmm. believe, and it's definitely not a quick pace. It's uh, it very much takes its time. It very much draws you in very slowly but i wouldn't say that stuff doesn't happen because stuff does happen and uh yeah there's a there's a lot to this film that we can get into so uh i guess top level i can ask you like what did you think of this
0: uh i thought it was long (laughs) Um, (laughs) definitely i watched it all in one viewing
1: um i wish i could but i was just because I, I was enjoying it, and I, I wanted to watch it in one sitting, but I was so tired that I, I wanted to give it like the viewing it deserved, so I had to stop in the middle of it and then continue uh, the next day, today, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> I finished it before we recorded.
0: <laughs> I don't, you know, and this is one, too. I don't really, I, I even if I did it, I probably, I've probably, I've got a new thing now where I, I've come up with a film uh, category, and I, I'm just calling it a projectionist film. Mm. Malik does it. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. I can't think of that. I know there's a couple other directors where it's, it, you know, you talk about them and um, this one dives so much into human psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we want to film the 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 conscious of the brain, but we want to the conscious of the the actors. You mm. know, at, at least with the, some of the the viewings, because then you get some of their their takes. I'm. How they're feeling or what they're going through, and maybe it, you know it either compares or contrasts with what we're seeing on the screen. You know, uh, I'm not huge on that, and I was just thinking about it too because I was like, because Malik does the same thing, and I'm like, it's kind of ironic that they're gonna film the conscious, you know, kind of giving us a, a glimpse into the mind of the character. But I'm still, I have to infer that with my conscious, mm-hmm. and I will make or. Uh, project emotions as to how I'm feeling as to what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. You can't remove yourself, your own conscious from what you're viewing as an audience member to what they're trying to project. Mm-hmm. Now you could understand you can sympathize, empathize, yeah. rationalize, right? And that's why I call it the projection films. I think this is another projection film where I would say, given a state of how you're feeling, if I put you in a different mood, you would have a different, in, in, inference, inference, taking it in. Yeah, know? yeah. And, I would have
1: got something different from this.
0: And and that I don't like. I'm saying like I don't have a problem with that. That's mm. not like the movies that I'm big on. Mm. But it does pose really good questions. Mm. And I think this one with some of the, I mean, dude, like I, I think anyone like. And we'll get into it, but the zone, the room, mm-hmm. it could have different meanings for anyone, which I think is like really. It's kind of funny because at the root root of it, if someone came up to us and was like, "Out there, mm-hmm. you can go to this place and they'll give you a hundred dollars," <laughs> you know, and it's like, "Oh, really?" Like, how, and it's just like just start walking. We would come up in our minds about our own, like, where are we gonna find? Who are we gonna meet? What are we gonna have to do? Like, if if me and you were standing right there and a the guy said that to us, yeah, I could be like, oh, I'm gonna have to throw a football thirty yards, and then, but you might be like, oh shit, this guy is gonna make us sell drugs, and we have to go, you know, mm-hmm. like, there's just different ways that the mind takes stuff in, and like the the way you're feeling or how you feel about people, you project without without, with the, without that, op, what the object would be, Yeah, you know? And I feel like this kind of is along those lines. So that's...
1: And I, I like the fact that, yeah, uh, I think part of the reason why I love this film is because it, it feels like those characters in the film are sort of doing the same thing that we are as an audience member, where mm-hmm. we're sort of looking at the concept of this place called The Zone and this place called The Room, and they're sort of, they're trying to gauge their own interpretations and Mm -hmm. their own views on the thing that is in the film with them, you know, because you've got the writer who uh, views it as an opportunity for him to gain inspiration and gain some sort of new appreciation for uh, this thing that he does, that he calls himself being a writer, but that he detests, that he hates. He You know, throughout the movie, he's going how can I be a writer when I hate writing? You know? <laughs> yeah. Cause he goes into the details about how to be a writer, you kind of have to be in agony because the stuff that you then write about is from a place of pain and is from a genuine place from like the aches of your heart and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Whereas someone like the scientist, you don't find out until like later in the movie, but he poses the question of like, what if someone with bad intentions enters this room and, they get their desires at the expense of others. Right. Like he's somebody who like the writer kind of feels like somebody who might be of a selfish nature. Whereas like the professor feels like somebody who is of like the, the humankind nature. Like we altruistic. have to think of, yeah, we Yeah. Ca- well, maybe not altruistic, but somebody who like thinks about the implications of like what would happen to the right. greater society. If mm-hmm. uh, something like this were to happen, where, like, a figure who has bad intentions goes in and, like, hurts other people to gain something from Mm -hmm. going into the room. And I think that those perspectives are interesting and they bounce off each other really well. And it kind of is, like, the result of, like, this buildup throughout the whole movie where, like, they're talking to each other. And meanwhile, you've got the stalker himself who is thinking about, like, his place in the zone and his place... With the concept of the room and like what his purpose is and like how it relates to, uh, like them trying to find out what they want from it. Like, there's a yeah. lot that you can take from it. Oh, I dude,
0: think. there's, I, <laughs> yes, <laughs> one was like one that I settled on with sense of purpose. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but absolutely, you know, and and what you got to remember too is this is coming from two guys that are living in the Soviet Union. So are the brothers that wrote Roadside Picnic that this was adapted from. Yep. You know and. It's kind of funny because there's a lot of there's a lot of debate between the conscious and the subconscious, and there's a lot of what, what what's my ultimate purpose here? And then you got to remember that being in probably the Soviet Union at that time, you were stripped of any individualism, mm-hmm. any individualistic traits that you may have because it was all but for the state, mm-hmm. you know. And there's this there's a heavy fight that I felt with each character in terms of defining self purpose, you know, and, and the desires that you, you'd you have um, kind of coming out and, and not really understanding what you really want as a person. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of funny cause they, the contrast that I got was that from the stalker who knew exactly what he wanted. And it was, you know, his, his sense of purpose he did have, and it was maybe in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. you know? So there was all the, I mean, there was a lot of confliction going on, um,
1: and it's yeah, it's an interesting dichotomy between the stalkers, sort of like uh, like kind of how you were describing the professor a little bit, like altruistic intentions. Like yeah, he is a stalker. His his duty and his duty that he he likes doing is to lead people into the room to find their purpose and to find their inspiration. And, yeah grant their desires whereas like he's someone who can't enter the room and like get those from that sort of source and it's funny that like he he wants to help people and he leads them to the room but then like ultimately he doesn't get what he wants because the people that he leads don't go into the room because they have some sort of revelation along the way of like what their intentions are Wait. and meanwhile he has a wife and a daughter at home who he could stay there with and totally be content and provide happiness for them by being there and being a supporting dad. But then he feels like his duty is to lead people to the room. And yeah. he, he, like you said, he is totally going about it and he, he has the right intentions, <laughs> but he's going the wrong direction.
2: Yeah.
0: I, that's like the best way I could, I could come up with him. Cause I was like, man, I, I totally, it's funny. Cause the two guys that he brings there are trying to find, I don't, I think like you try discovering self, you mm-hmm. know, cause yeah. like the scientist goes there and he's like, I got to destroy the room. And then you, he comes to the conclusion that, well, ultimately this isn't, for me to say what's right or wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. The question is, do they do they find they got there? Did they find their true desires? Like yeah. Did he come up with them, find out that I am a man of science and a fact? I'm not here to destroy things and, and manipulate the world. Mm-hmm. You know, nature has provided us for this. And whether it's right or wrong, you know, I will. I can't I can't interfere with that. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like going out. It'd be like fucking dropping off a zebra for a lion instead of having the lion hunt. Like all this, you're affecting nature.
2: Yeah, and
1: then the writer along those same lines comes to the realization that entering the room sort of makes it that like your intentions, like you were saying, with the difference between like the conscious and the subconscious, Mm -hmm. where you can totally have the intention of having this sort of goal in mind when going into the room, and you're like, oh, I want to get. I want to get inspiration for my writing, but ultimately the room would only grant him what his subconscious would want in that moment. Yep. And I think him coming to that realization is sort of in part him Getting what he wants
0: from that journey. That's what I mean. I that like that's honestly what I took from the like the guy did his job, and then all of a sudden he's crying because he's like, I didn't do my job, and it's Mm. just it's kind of the state. I for me personally, I just say I'm like it's kind of the state of of the director and the the guy that wrote the or the guy the brothers that wrote the short story is that we ultimately now it's different for me because I don't have that perspective because then you know where we're at, it's very into individualistic. Like we we can get whatever we want. Now, granted. I would say that not everyone knows the difference between what they want and what they need, and and what they're consciously viewing versus what subconsciously drives them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in like we don't have in America those types of thoughts, you know, because whatever we do want, whether consciously or subconsciously, we can normally obtain. Yes, so I was
1: thinking that same exact thing because you have to remember this movie is set in the Soviet era. Yeah, and a lot of what I got from this film is just based on. The situations that were happening in real life at the time of filming like people were under this heavy uh camera lens basically like all the time they had this huge oppressive government Mm -hmm. they there was no sort of basis for having like an individual thought or like feeling like you should be an individual in A place like that like you feel trapped and i feel like that's kind of what the characters represented in this film was they were feeling trapped in their own lives Mm -hmm. so they had to go somewhere else where the government didn't want them to go because they were getting shot at and it was like closed off yeah they had to they had to go to that spot to sort of gain that sense of freedom that sense of uh, inspiration or like that hope. I think it kept talking sen- about hope
0: in this movie. I I would I I just well, I mean this is just me, but I think it's sense of self. I think that when you're stripped of some of those individualistic traits that we all we have, what makes us us, mm-hmm. uh, you they don't have that. So the room for me, it, when it says your desire, it's your you know i think it was just your sense of self and what you what you do like porcupine or i can't was that his name? yeah that was his name was it porcupine yep okay because i kept reading i was like i don't think that's how you spell porcupine but like it could be wrong
1: (laughs) well it was weird because the word was capitalized when i first saw it so i was like oh maybe that's like a weird like subtitle Mm -hmm. mishap because normally you don't capitalize the word porcupine but then they start referring to it as an individual person. Yeah. And so I was like, "Oh, like they don't they're not actually talking about a, the animal yeah. porcupines. They're talking about a person that has gone through what stalkers going through."
0: And uh it was that last little bit of the story when the writer talks about it, and they talk about his death and mm-hmm. I was like, "You know, you've you've got someone that didn't realize what he had or come to that" um, that growth, you know, as a character. So that's why he entered the room because he wasn't, he thought that he wanted to bring his brother back and he got that large sum of money. And then he, he realized that's not, he's not who he thought he was and Mm -hmm. it was enough for him to destroy himself. So
1: he realizes that his true intentions weren't to bring his brother back. Yeah. Even though that's what he told himself and he had struggled to go through that journey to hopefully attain like his brother being resurrected. But that's ultimately not what he got, because that's ultimately not what he truly wanted.
0: Ex- and that's when you—that's that sense of self that I'm talking about—is that you enter that room because, like, they—it's hope, but it, you think you'll discover what you, what would really make you you. Mm-hmm. And the one guy that did it killed himself, and the other two guys realized that they—they they didn't need it, mm-hmm. you know, or they—I don't know if Porcupine scared him enough to where they didn't. I mean, I, I think it it's kind of like a funny anecdote you know like it's like all right you got whatever you want and then i'm gonna tell you about a guy that did it it's like all right did they really make that decision or it's like no he killed himself so like even if i become the greatest writer ever i'm gonna kill myself Mm -hmm. you know i don't think that that wasn't the intention of it but it's just kind of funny thinking like oh that's what stopped him yeah you know um and then the the stalker can't obviously enter the room because it would he won't be able to do his job anymore and it's Mm -hmm. and for him it's bringing hope to people you know and like I said, it's kind of funny that he just has that disconnect one.
1: Yeah, because if he, if he if his desires are granted, then his desires could go totally against what his role is as a stalker. So he could totally just, like, invalidate himself yeah. as that role and just not do it anymore, which would be going against, like, what his purpose is. And it's...
0: <laughs> dude, it's so funny, though. I mean, like, all three guys don't enter the room, yet all three of them do what come to us of some... Well, I shouldn't say a realization, but, like, the stalker inevitably helps the two guys mm-hmm. they don't enter the room and they, they're probably they're you know your desires they, they come to the realization of who they are yeah so like all three of them actually hit the mark and then the only guy affected <laughs> is the one that thinks that he fucked up with the other two yep
1: yep just sort of that whole perspective on the situation mm-hmm. again kind of relating to like his perspective of bringing people to the zone in the first place is that you know his feelings are real but the direction he's going is like not the right direction Because he feels one way about it, you know, he feels sorrow and he feels like he didn't do his job, but ultimately he did. Yeah. He just he just doesn't he just doesn't have that sort of visual indication of it. Mm Hmm. Um. I really like the fact that because I thought the entire movie was going to be in sepia. Yeah. At the beginning, I thought that the whole film was going to be shot that way and like this cut like yellow orange like color or whatever. Like I thought that it was gonna be like that the whole time, but I'm glad that it transitioned into color. And to me, it sort of represented like them uh, escaping from their lives that they feel like they can't fix into an opportunity and into hope that they they can fix their lives. And that's when you see the color in the film. And yeah, the characters sort of in the movie they they represent that feeling that we get as an audience when you first see color because Stalker uh embraces the zone as soon as he comes in like he he feels like he's totally at home now like Mm -hmm. when we're first introduced to him he's like kind of sneaking out of bed he he, it seems like he's really out of place and like he doesn't want to be there but then like as soon as he gets into the zone he's like hugging the grass and he's like touching the the plant life and he's like just feeling himself and like the environment around him yeah to me that kind of represented like Somebody possibly like escaping that sort of Soviet mentality or like that, the physical place that they're in, and like going to a better place.
0: Be like getting out of the nine to five and then going. See, That's what I'm saying. For us, mm-hmm. it's like I get out of. It's like I go. I could go to like a driving range, and that's how it, like feel <laughs> like. Uh,
2: yeah, I I am truly
0: know? in the place that I belong. Yeah, you know, or like that's like Breaking Bad. Like that, like that really just reminds me of Walter White. Mm-hmm. You know, no spoilers. No spoilers. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I'd agree with that. uh What do you think about? uh I, And that's, I, I, yes, like 100. As soon as you get there, I mean, it's it's kind of like you're. He, he's entered the it's realm. It's like he feels up. like
1: a place of relief. Almost. I
0: mean, I really thought I was like, oh, he's entered like the kingdom of heaven. Like I was like, oh, we've escaped like you know this where they're at, whatever you want to call it. That, I mean, that to me that was more of a prison than the zone. I've heard the zone reference as a prison, like no he got to like hope like that's Mm -hmm. what hope looks like because everything's in color and you can smell and it's you know it's very bright and everywhere you go there's a chance of you know succeeding
1: yeah it kind of represents a little bit like the sort of risk that you would get in maybe like a more western society because in you know communist soviet russia Mm -hmm. you know your life is kind of designated for you. Like everybody is like on the same level, except for like the way higher ups in like the government. So like, there's really not much like opportunity to fail, but there's not much opportunity to succeed with right. the zone. They describe it as like this dangerous, volatile, like ever changing place, but they also describe it as a place where you can fulfill your dreams and your hopes. Mm-hmm. Like it's two, two sides of the same coin basically. Yeah. Like you, you risk uh demise, but you also, could gain reward from it and i think that's sort of ultimately what it kind of represented to me
0: oh it's like yeah yeah western getting making yeah. it to the states
1: uh, pretty much yeah but I, i'd I agree think...
0: with that 100 percent. i mean it's anywhere outside of wherever you could have success as a person not as being part of the community or part of the state
1: yeah and it like to me represented opportunity because like there's opportunity to succeed, but there's also opportunity to not succeed.
0: Yeah, I will show you the rules, and I will govern you. you mm-hmm. know? I'm not. Well, I shouldn't say govern. I will give you advice, and I will show you how to make it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to follow me. Yep, but it's if ultimately you, up to you. Yeah, if you, you're making that choice, though, and as God is my witness, you stand here, professor. He's choosing to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, it was a very—it's very—, it's very it feels very much like a guy trying to get like, wh- I think it's just in the mind of a Soviet and it's like, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is, this is how I feel like, you know? And then there's this, yeah, like literally they had to make up a fucking made up place. Like, dude our supernatural stuff is like aliens and goblins and like they like you know like there's just all this stuff you Mm. know like we're we're gonna go to the moon and we're gonna live on the moon you know we got and their fucking supernatural is finding happiness (laughs) yeah like
1: i that's why i was really like damn this like (laughs) surreal ever-changing reality that they're in like the reason that they're tossing the the nuts with the cloth that's what i was gonna ask you is to test out whether or not gravity is still working how they think it is
0: oh really that's Mm -hmm. why they were okay yep i had no idea i was like i don't get this i read
1: about that after and i was like that makes a lot of sense yeah because i guess in the short story they explained that it was aliens that created that zone
0: i did read that too so Mm -hmm. i mean it's it kind of had like an annihilation feel to it
1: a little bit yeah it reminded me of that just a little more subtle i guess
0: a hundred percent well i mean it's you're you're I mean to me it's like it's just like you're dealing with the mind and you're entering the mind and trying to navigate your way through a a mind you know and Mm -hmm. like don't go over there that's where depression's at you know like let's go over here where all the dopamine's at all that good stuff give me some serotonin
1: sepia equals depression yeah (laughs) it's kind of like Breaking Bad when they go into Mexico and everything's yellow
2: yeah like I was (laughs) like
0: uh, (laughs) like I was like man this is just it's bizarre to me that this is where they're at but it also you know I think because of that philosophically it does for you know and the western for us it resonates yeah yeah it resonates and it's it's a good glimpse into some of the people that you don't necessarily you know that are living over around the street like that's that might be how they feel right now
1: mm-hmm. it's you know? certainly i think how andre tarkovsky felt um yeah during his time living there like
0: oh dude yeah yeah he came out with solaris and then i i mean i was just reading a little bit on his background in 75 like he was gonna get out of like movie making because they were I don't think the Soviets liked what he was doing mm-hmm.
1: um, so I, I read up on some of the, the production of this movie I did which yeah, is go ahead pretty crazy yeah so this film was basically shot and then something happened with the uh, like process of transferring over from film to a computer to be edited and then like all of a sudden like basically everything that Tarkovsky film got erased. And yeah. he almost like dropped the project altogether because of it, and he ended up firing his first cinematographer over it, which they had Gor- it-
0: Georgie, Gorg- Gorgie? Um, uh, let me look. Gorgie up- Rosebud
1: or Rose Rolberg? You're on the correct trajectory. Let I mean, me
0: something some fucking Ruski name. Um, Greg,
1: Gr- Greg gorgie Ruberg. Rurberg, yeah it's a mouthful of a name but <laughs> a lot of a lot of these are because they're russian
0: oh my god dude they i we might have read the same thing because i started kind of going through and all of a sudden it's like antolinov yekinovsky and yeah, I was
1: alexander like, nyahinski Nyeh- yeah i
0: was like i am not reading about all these guys <laughs> and then first production assistant
1: like yeah yeah um so, I guess they had a fall, falling out, and Tarkovsky ended up firing him mm-hmm. because he was, like, blaming him in part for, like, why the footage was erased. And then Tarkovsky basically, like, had to film it again, uh, like, all over. And I guess, like, some people who had, like, seen the both versions of the movie say, like, it was pretty similar. Other people say that it was, like, vastly different from the first version.
0: I, I saw... So- <laughs> It's kind of like that painting that gets destroyed, and then you make like it, you know the Mona Lisa. That's like the second copy of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you should have saw the first. Yeah, like there might be like it could be identical, and some people be like, man, that first one was. And there's just no way of knowing it. You're just going off pure nostalgia, uh huh. You know, so I don't know. I read, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. I just no, I no, think you're good. It's kind of funny that people are like, man, that first one was a fucking killer. <laughs> and it's like,
1: really? <laughs> well, it's weird. You get the different perspectives on it because some people said it was. The same film essentially. Other people say it was vastly different. So yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things that we won't know a hundred percent on because we can't see it the got, first version. I heard
0: that it got burned up or something like that in nineteen eighty eight. Like mm. I don't know what version of it it was. I don't know if it was the first or second. I thought it went through like reshoots. Like it sounded like it took like it was like three years to make this thing.
1: It took a long time, and there were so many. There was so many. Did you read up on like the the like deaths? On this film, oh, so, well, what
0: they were filming at?
1: So they were yeah. filming in locations that were like heavily, like poisoned and radiated, and like near power plants and all this stuff. Yeah, like the, the, a lot of the cast and crew died because they were filming in these locations and got cancer from it
0: did you yeah one of them they said there's one the
1: writer the guy who played the writer died because
0: oh yeah tarkovsky they they tarkovsky. say that he died because of can well he got cancer and they're like it's probably from fucking making that film mm-hmm.
1: and i think the main the main actor ended up dying from cancer because i looked up some of the cast in this film like their their pages and they all say like Died at age forty nine. Died forty eight. Oh. Died at like fifty two. Like all like these ages where like okay, these guys clearly should have like lived longer. Oh, they were
0: saying some of the places that they were at like the the smog. Like there was like one scene they said that actually got taken from the original where there's like a a fog that slowly crests over the swamp or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that's not like. Mist, like that's all—that's fucking chemicals Mm -hmm. and like you know metal scrapings in the air that are like burning and hitting the ground and coming like creating poison essentially. Yeah. And then they were saying where they were filming at, some of the people, like the cast or not casting, but the production were like up to knee high in oil. Yeah. Like
1: there are some shots in this film where like you you see like like running water, but it's like really discolored and it's like. Th- that's literally poison that's being drained out of a sewer uh, yeah. from a nearby plant <laughs> like it's it's insane the the hazardous conditions that they worked in to film this thing it's
0: kind of ironic too that you know that was his that was his room uh, like yeah, what but, he did to people um,
1: <laughs> pretty much it kind of also just goes <laughs> to show you like the the conditions of filmmaking during the soviet era like, well
0: dude did you yeah well not only that i agree with that like well two things one I, so i want to say this before because i do want i got to ask about the scenery mm-hmm. um oh yeah you, absolutely did you read on any like he he like journaled and stuff like he he already had like a notion of making this film after solaris came out in 72 mm-hmm. like he had a couple journal edits in like 82 and 84 or 83 and 84 like people were like reading up on of him talking about making this film and you can see some of the his struggles into how i actually got put out on the film yeah and uh it's like he's it's a he's a mad scientist mm-hmm. like that's driven that's a pro- like he's so fucking he's too smart for his own good yeah yeah you know and that's like one of those things where you're it's i'm a genius i know what i need to do but you also don't identify with the dangers of the world yeah and it's not to say you're above it you're just so fucking it's got to be narcissistic
1: well he, he's he, it definitely kind of comes across because it feels like he had to like work hard to like get certain shots in this film and to like get certain like angles and like just the technical stuff that he had to do like it, it kind of feels like he had to sort of grind to make this film like he it felt oh, like he, yeah. had, he it felt like he had determination and oh, I could I could definitely recognize it while watching it
0: he pain director is how I oh yes. like came through I was like this, <laughs> absolutely this dude is like just hanging this out here and mm-hmm. I was like, man, you know, a lot of it was beautiful though, like that. I loved,
1: I loved the cinematography of this movie. Oh. Like, I loved how it looked, and i I enjoyed like the longer takes too. Like, I know some people might have a an some issue, some people, <laughs> <laughs> but I I enjoyed the fact that it lingered on certain shots, and you kind of got to appreciate what Tarkovsky saw in in what he was filming because it it says that uh this movie was like uh 163 minutes it only contains 142 shots throughout the entire film i believe it like and it says like a like a good portion of those shots lasted over 4 minutes
0: dude are you fucking <laughs> did you watch this thing like i got <laughs> yeah. This, this, I told my brother this. I go, this is what it felt like to watch Too Old to Die Young for you. Mm. <laughs> like, I was like, that, and, you know, oh, I love it when it lingers. I was like, I do too, but not a whole film. Mm. Like, I like
1: that. See, I think my issue with Too Old to Die Young was I wasn't getting much out of the characters and the dialogue along what, with the long takes.
0: What were the. Yeah, I mean, the, this actually had a purpose, and it's yes. a very. It's not. It's like it's simple, but it's not simple.
1: It makes you. It helps that it makes you linger on the concepts of it because you're also visually lingering on the scene. Like, I, I think it matches up to me pretty well. It.
0: I, yes, I'm going to say yes, and I agree 100%. I've just. For me, I don't need that shit. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> you know I, I like I am I do love movies and I'm a movie kind of sewer and I get it's like I I'm so I love efficiency in films you know and it's like it like some like when it makes sense it makes sense mm-hmm. to hold the shot you know like like uh Jack Jack Nicholson in The Shining. There's like a shot one time it feels like it's on, it's just panning in or zooming in on him slowly. He's
1: doing the Kubrick face. He's Kubrick just staring. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and it's like, "Oh, we're looking at a madman right now." And it's just kind of you're entering his mind, you know. And I I like that. The whole film isn't like that there's just, you know, and that's where that was my gripe with it. I'm not going to lie. Like that's mm. that's what really turned me off. There's one time they all fall asleep they're on the river and it's literally him just go like he took a camera probably had like a freaking some like a dolly or something whatever it is holding him up and just him and it's just like you're gonna drag me across the river i 150 honestly
1: really liked that part i loved that so much i thought Um, it was really good
0: i'm just and like it's i don't knock the camera work i'm just saying like that's it's the stuff Mm. like that and then for me, when it's poised, is you're entering the conscious of the, the the actors, and we're like in that. I'm like, I'm already in that headspace with them, and that's where. I, But I'm not saying I'm like everyone else. I, I think some people just don't even relate, and it's just a turn off because it's like you don't give a shit about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I was very, I was fascinated by the zone in the room the whole time. I just didn't need to have all of that.
1: Yeah, I you know? kind of, I kind of knew that you would uh, feel that way about like the the pacing and the the long takes in this film cuz I mean, it's it's a slow film. It, it is it is like a very slowly paced film. Um obviously like I I didn't really have too much of an issue with it, but I could totally see how it would like sort of prevent a certain amount of enjoyment for you or some other people.
0: I mean, it's like I don't know, I see those shots cuz Ma- terrence Malik does it all the time. I was just bitching about Tree of Life last night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like he does that and all is, it's a it's a it's a fucking that's why I call them projectionist films it's like it's a view of the consciousness of the, the actor or of what you're at and you're, exper- you're streaming yeah, or, the, or right. the director y- yeah you're subjecting me to that shit <laughs> like I didn't you know this it's that's why i call it ironic it's like you're trying to fucking be a blowhard about this and say this is what it's like and it's like but i have to fucking decide what you're showing me still Mm, yeah you know and that's where that's why i'm kind all right so that the rivers like he going down the river i mean did was it just peaceful like what are you as you're going through that scene like are you?
1: to me it was kind of an indication of like the history of the zone and like previous expeditions that the stalker might have taken other people on Mm because you see like you 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 see the writer and the professor like they they throw like shit in the water and they leave it in the water and like Mm -hmm. the writer leaves his gun and the the professor like takes apart his bomb and he, he like throws it in the water and like you see a very similar shot of a piece of the bomb in the water yeah that's like being surrounded by all this fish And to me, that was sort of an indication of, like, okay, the stalker is, like, kind of gone on, like, this similar sort of thing before where he's, like, led people through and, like, they've had to, like, leave objects behind and there's, like, a history there. Mm Because, like, you see all these, like, weird needles and, like, you see all these, like, different, like, rusted objects in the water and, like, all, all this, like, stuff that's just, like, left, all this, like, garbage and this junk and, like, you get a sense of that there's, like... Uh, like history there like whether or not stalker was leading people or whether or not that stuff was a result of like the quote-unquote meteor crashing and like bending reality in mm-hmm. some kind of way like that's kind of what i got from it and I'm i think just, that's, that's that's why i enjoyed it
0: there are people like that's what i'm saying like you, you watch terrence malick film and you could tell that and then you're like man like that william defoe um what was it when he played van gogh
1: oh um at eternity's gate
0: remember when he's just sitting in the field and it's just we're on him and it's like yeah okay we're supposed to be in this headspace with him he's at he's peace with the world or serenity or this is his like and we're just gonna linger on this for four minutes and just watch him. yeah
1: i feel different about that scene because to me it felt a little more pointless
0: (laughs) well that's what but i'm saying like i guess i don't want to say it's it's whether it's for good intentions or not it's just it's a pile of shit or whether it's actually designed for purpose like i just i don't know i don't, for mm. me it's like i don't need it i don't yeah. need that i'm already in a head Sometimes space. you don't
1: get much out of something like
0: that i was about to say but i mean like you going through i mean i guess i mean that's a lot that's a good like thing to discuss you know talk about is like you know you're going through this river and you actually get to see the history and you get, it kind of makes you question you know it brings up other points in which actors aren't telling you exactly what to think mm-hmm. you know I don't know, did you... So, 142 takes, you know, is every take like that? Or did you have, like, any point where you're like, all right?
1: Um, I mean, I was, I was tired when I first watched the film. So, I did feel myself, like, and, you know, pun intended, zoning out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that's when I decided to stop and, like, pick up the next day is mm-hmm. because I was enjoying where it was going and I was enjoying, like, the visual style and, like, the... The colors and, like, the the scenery and the music that was accompanying it, but I, I needed to be in a, in a headspace that was a little more aware. Yeah. Because I can see how, like, if you're watching this film and you are in a certain mood, I could totally see how you would not get much out of this at all because you are either expecting something else or, like, maybe you just aren't in the right mindset for it. Like, I could totally see myself not enjoying this film as much if I didn't have the sort of, I guess, patience for it. Because maybe not necessarily patience, but just, like, the the energy, you know? Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't... I'd still... I'm not a... Well, I gotta have you watch a Terrence Malick film and just get. you. <laughs> I sounds like, like it. Like, just <laughs> you just keep bringing see. them up, <laughs> dude. It is. It, it's just. I I call. I well, I'm calling them projectionist films now, but it's like a stream of consciousness. Like it's just thin mm-hmm. red lines like that, where it's like we're toning back on the dialogue. We're doing a lot more with the camera work, and we're putting you in this in this place with these people, and you're gonna get. To, you're gonna have to take in a lot more than what we're we're kind of telling you about, mm-hmm. which I think is good. You know, yeah. I don't know if it's t- like two hours and forty minutes of good. <laughs> like, that's where I'm at. Like if this, fair like, enough. Like literally, I'm not, and I'm. It's not a knock on this because I did. I this movie has made me think quite a bit, and I really appreciate it being a. This is a good movie if other people had seen it at like a dinner mm-hmm. conversation. Oh yeah. It's got it's not very high stakes. You get to talk about it and a lot of people would take this in in a lot of different ways. I think that's the beauty of It's so interpretable.
1: The zo- the zone in the room.
0: Like it's just because you get to project and this is not the film itself. I'm not talking like how it was shot, but just the the subject matter and what's being kind of talked about is there's a lot of allegories that you could probably make that would that people would be able to bring up and it provides good talking points because you it's not necessarily like someone's wrong
1: yeah it, like like you said someone could totally have a different perspective on this film and they would explain it to me and i would understand where they're coming from you'd
0: be able to have a conversation easily i think and not say that you're wrong
1: absolutely um i think I, that's part of why i really like this film so yeah, much it, and i feel like this film is gonna gonna stay with me long after i've seen it like, I'm going to think about this movie for probably the next couple weeks. Really? hmm Yeah.
0: I don't know if I will. <laughs> I don't think. I, I did appreciate it, though, and it, it raises, I mean, really, it just raises some good points for me, too. Because, like, I would go in with the conversation of someone, like, if you walked into that room, what's your innermost desire?
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: see if anyone has any sort of idea where they would, you know. The best, one of the best lines I like that really helped with this was... The conscious wants, you know, I want to eat a salad, but my subconscious wants a juicy steak. How do I know? The consciousness
1: wants to be vegetarian. The the subconsciousness would love a juicy steak. Yeah.
0: How do I know what I want? How do I how do I know what I don't want? And how do I know what I don't want if I don't want it? Mm -hmm. And it raises. Those are really good questions that you know. I don't think we over here would ask that because anything's at our fingertips essentially we we have access and if you want to pull up your bootstraps but for the soviet community you know that that um the soviet union it's
1: not as easily attainable at all
0: and it's really kind of fun to think about that as a person because i don't think we it's not like they're different than us no that is a human element of you know just being a human is those questions that we don't necessarily ponder over here so Mm -hmm. i I like that aspect of it. Absolutely, because
1: you know? if we were thrust into a similar situation, we'd be we'd be asking very similar
0: questions. I think it would be it'd be really interesting because I would like to see that in American style. Because I bet you, like fucking five people walk into that thing and walk out.
2: Mm-hmm. Like I don't
0: <laughs> think anyone's like, oh man, like you know what, that guy killed himself. Like I'm good with living in my veal and writing shitty stuff. Like no. I'm, I'll be all right. No, like someone's like Jamie
1: Foxx is gonna walk in that room and fucking oh. get like bitches or whatever oh dude
0: it would be like it would be yeah that would be like when the scientist might be right (laughs) (laughs) it ends
1: completely different like the scientist (laughs) just fucking blows it up yeah i
0: was wondering if he was gonna do it like i really got to that point i was like that's a really good point that i never thought about i mean you got these you got people that can't be trusted and if the stalker doesn't care because he's just trying to provide everyone their hopes and dreams you Mm -hmm. know he's kind of playing he's not necessarily playing god but I mean, he's kind of. You he's know. like a
1: servant to God, basically, is how he's described. Yeah. And how I kind of viewed him as. And he acted like very servant like, especially towards the end when he thinks he's failed. Like he, he, he feels like a, a sniveling kind of like servant to a greater power or like a deity. Yeah. Like someone yeah, who's rule, like kind of you know, begging for forgiveness. Yeah. And exactly. And he's a
0: shepherd and, you know, he's supposed to lead his flock. And,
1: and it helps too that they have those. Uh, Those like bits of the Bible in there, like they're they're reading from like Revelations, yeah. And he's like quoting Revelations, and he like keeps going, and they're waking up, and he's like, "Oh, you guys are awake," like to me that sort of cemented like his role in the film is like he's he is a shepherd to these characters, Mm -hmm. leading them to salvation.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it's kind of funny because I didn't get that at first because when when the writer goes off and he says, "By God, you're my witness," and he threw that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of like, oh, he's just trying to get his money. Like, he needs to get him there. And then at one point, he's like, whether you go into the room or not, I still collect. Mm-hmm. You know, but then... So, you think his desires or his motivation is to just get paid. And then you really get to see... I mean, he's crying at the end of it. Like he, he No,
1: this is his life. Like, this is what he's dedicated himself to.
0: Yeah, it's insane. Like, I was just... And then I didn't really... The whole... The ending of it was...
1: With the with the daughter and the, like, mind yeah,
0: thing? I... <laughs> There's two ways I've, I I kind of read up on it and I was like I, you know it's maybe he realizes that his his purpose is to his family and it is to his daughter and making her you know the miracle of the miracle that you get is of life mm-hmm. and even though that she's cri- you know crippled I want to say yeah um that the miracle is that she's still alive and you're able to you know raise her mm-hmm. and you're showing two parents that love each other and you know I was like I. That guy just bawled his fucking eyes out because he didn't get two guys. In. Like, I don't know if he's <laughs> going back out there. Yeah. But if he doesn't go back out there, you just lost your sense of purpose in life. God knows what mental state he's in. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I, there was like a very positive spin on it. And I was like, I mean, you're talking like real world. Like, you just got fired from your dream job and yeah not even like fired it's just like i got a
1: supportive family but you don't care about that in the moment you (laughs) just care about the dream job that you just lost
0: yeah so i mean maybe it comes to there's maybe a little bit of a positive outlook there but Mm -hmm. um
1: yeah there's so much to to gauge from it i still haven't quite figured out like what the whole mind like thing with the daughter was but it's I think kind of present in the beginning. Cause you see the glass move on the table mm-hmm. and then like at the very end, you see her like directly staring at it and it's moving like, yeah, there's some, there's some bookend element there that is present that I, I still haven't quite like nailed down what that totally means yet, but I'll I'll get to the bottom of it. I swear well, yeah. by God, <laughs> I, I will be a servant to this movie. Yeah, there we go. Kyle. I will lead people to the viewings, and I will gauge the answers.
0: <laughs> Just found his zone, baby. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was I. There was an interesting take with the dog coming back, and that he he actually extracted some of his own with him, and mm-hmm. you know if he he brought hope back. I. It's a deep movie. I'll say that. Absolutely, I, I enjoyed much uh, like
1: that scene where the guy uh, drops the rock down the well. It's pretty deep, pretty deep, man.
0: How about the fucking professor? Just like, hey, I slept with your wife, and you're gonna get back from me from twenty years. Like that was like him going, "I found the room. I'm gonna destroy it now."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, like, I think didn't, I, didn't <laughs> I was I was a little confused by that, and then he explains the bomb. I'm like, oh, that's what that was about, I guess. So yeah,
0: well, he's con. <laughs> He goes, I did bring a bomb. He tells the guy. So the guy had a gun. He goes, all right, can't bring that. The guy's like, I have a bomb. And it's like, why? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I just told him to drop the gun. You got a fucking bomb? <laughs> yeah. The,
1: the professor really went up and was like, oh, wow, he had a gun? What a piece of shit. <laughs>
0: Dude, that was I was making me really laugh, but then all of a sudden he gets on the phone. And he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna call this person. Yeah, hey, I know you slept with my wife, you piece of shit. Like, I'm gonna fucking destroy the room." And it's like, "You're gonna be a disgraced scientist forever." He's like, "Bring it. Yeah, yeah. Send it. Check out my giant cojones right yeah. now." I had I was like, "This is kind of like, do we have to bring that part up? Like, does it is it is it really diving into why the professor's doing this?" Yeah, like, it I kind get, of
1: it kind of felt like a little bit of like, "Oh, we've been." Focusing a lot on like the stalker and the writer, but the yeah. professor hasn't like chimed in a whole lot.
0: And I, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was like, uh, uh, you know, the st- not to say the stock I mean, obviously, I would say that the if you're looking at like wrong traits, the stalker actually leading people breaking the governance rules into the zone, you'd be like, that's you know, probably that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then the writer being a drunk womanizer, um, um, Pointing out the problems with society, you know, mm-hmm. and really focusing on his own self nature. If that's wrong. Yeah. The professor, we didn't have anything up to that point. Mm-hmm. And then, even then, though, I'm like, I mean, not to justify it, but the dude slept with his wife. I was like, I mean, I guess I can kind of for him i was like it still feels like a bad decision though yeah and there'd probably be a better way around that mm-hmm. you know so th- i thought it was like a way of like all right all these guys with their faults
1: yeah know? that's kind of how i viewed it too okay that's
0: mm-hmm. i'm glad we're on the same page there because it kind of came out of left field i was like i don't know why he's talking to this guy and all of a sudden yeah I was like, oh he's the bad guy like the writer was just a red herring yeah yeah i had the same thought <laughs> and then we get to the that the scene and it's just like no all they just all kind of come to their own <laughs> conclusions
1: yeah yeah they they sort of like have their own revelations much like uh that passage from revelations being read see that's
0: yeah i think I'd miss, i miss i might
1: be stretching it a little bit there yeah, but not,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. they tried to they i there were a decent amount i feel like a heavy-handed subject pieces doled out in this um but yeah. it flowed well Yeah, and
1: I think it did too.
0: I mean, like honestly, like I told, I was telling someone today because they were like, "Oh, like should we watch this?" I was like, "Yeah, probably not gonna like it." It's like why? It's like well, it's a two-hour forty-minute film, but probably twenty minutes of dialogue. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I mean, the dialogue that is in it really aids the pace of the film going forward. And I will say, I felt like some of the shots, like I had the feeling of it's dragged out this long so we can feel what it's like trying to obtain something that's unobtainable. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I mean, I think that it was purposeful. So Mm -hmm. that's, I'm not giving it shit. I just, I, and it might be ADHD. It could be whatever. I just, (laughs) I I get into like the, okay, I'm good on the fucking hike. You're like, I get it. (laughs) They had one that just like, it just set up a camera and they were just with the field, just watching the field. Mm -hmm. and I think it was like at the river or something like that when they just set it up some of the tracking shots on the dolly are good I mean some of the shots are really creative Mm -hmm. and then some of them are just like hey we're on the fucking railroad track just
1: yeah you're looking at the back of their head but I I enjoyed that because it sort of it mirrors a scene later where like the writer is kind of looking off and he's like contemplating uh, like the whole concept of like the room and like what it means to him Mm -hmm. like I, that kinda, I, I liked that when it popped up later in the moment I was like what is this about but yeah it, it sort of justified it
0: I for sure and I'm not gonna yes I agree I think a lot of those shots I mean probably if you ask someone all 142 shots have purpose mm-hmm. I'm not gonna discredit that i mean, just I'm it's not efficient to me and I've, I'm soaking it all in as we go so yeah the pacing of it really slowed it down for me but uh, the subject I mean the fucking man Mm-hmm. Heavy, good, deep. I mean, it's and it provides a lot of fodder and material. And if you, you catch yourself talking to another intellectual, you know, bring it up.
1: Big, big brain time. oh man. Um, <laughs> I will say real quick before we kind of wrap up. Yeah, uh, I really like the music too. Thought the music was pretty fitting. A mm-hmm. little weird. A little. Uh, kind of a product of the time but
0: i think it fit very well i it was it was ominous it was a little eerie and it, i'm telling you dude you don't know what the fucking zone of the room is like the whole time I, it's i gave it credit for that too i was like man like we're here and i'm still with these guys walking through now i would like them to fucking speed it up <laughs> but like i still don't know what they're gonna get to or what this is all about you're just mm-hmm. in the zone and he keeps talking about it and it was like almost like he's living in a painting and you're like Here we are, and it's still nothing like the metal nuts now make sense, Mm. you know? But, like, the whole time it really could have been just, like, this, like, they didn't go anywhere. They were in Russia still. You know, it was just an escape, and he brought them there to some place, and he just was collecting money. He could have been a hustler.
1: <laughs> yeah, could you have know? been just a bum. That was, like, really charismatic. Like, hey, I know this place. <laughs> yeah. Well, <I laughs> Let mean, me he, tell you
0: about he it. guided a whole bunch of people here, and it changed them. I mean, it's just a mind flip. You know, they didn't go in there, and they found self-discovery. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it, the point being is you just don't know what it is or where you're at. Yeah. And it really – it. I thought that was good because I think the whole time you do care about where it's going. Part of the
1: part of the fun is like discovering what it means along the way.
0: The curiosity is a hundred percent there the whole time. Cause mm-hmm. you honestly don't know until you get to that point. And then when you get there, it's almost like have you ever seen Kung Fu Panda?
1: uh the first one long time ago don't remember much from it
0: he does this thing with the scroll and you know they look at the back of it and it's like what well, it's just so it's just a fucking you know there's nothing on it it's oh like, oh yeah it's you it's you it's always been you like you know the the whole the idea that there's this magic conch there mm-hmm. you know and it's it's not it's just you know the u.s people but point, I mean, he did lead other people to the room and they did, ha- I think he said that they had success yeah. or whatever, you know. So. I think
1: that's why he said the zone reacts to, like, your mentality. Like, it, he keeps saying it's up to you yeah. whether or not you survive the zone because it is, like, a very individual journey, you know? Yeah. The, you know, there is some element that it is about the environment, but more so about the characters.
0: Yep. I would agree with that. And they're, and the, yeah, so. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we can wrap this up. What would you rate this film?
0: Man, I... <sighs> I had it at a six out of ten, but I think I'm gonna go to seven out of ten. And I think kind of like how you are with the black phone, you know. With me, I, the, I just can't get past the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of content, so, I mean, I think this would be a film that I would actually recommend to people if I if they're like, hey, you want to talk about a movie? Nice. Like, I would want to know like kind of what your thoughts are because it. it's it I everyone views it differently. and It's a great perspective film, and I don't think anyone walks away with. Necessi- I mean, we kinda had the same thoughts on it, you know. Yeah. And but I think there's a lot, there's still more there if we wanted to chew off mm-hmm. that we could this could be a whole nother two hour discussion about, you know,
1: absolutely breaking
0: it down part one that we won't do. There's a lot of that meat we won't to this do. movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know we'll, we'll spare you,
1: audience. <laughs> we'll spare you the time.
0: <laughs> but I I I it's talking about it, I think it will stick with me. I don't think it's something that I'm gonna ponder or think about. Um, but it will stick with me cuz i think if i ran into something we talk about stalker like i'd be like oh what's your take mm-hmm. you know
1: absolutely i give this a 9 out of 10 yep i really love this movie
0: i felt like that was coming
1: <laughs> you saw it from a mile away oh yeah much like uh, andre tarkovsky saw a certain shot a mile away and he just fucking stuck on it for Man. 4 minutes
0: <laughs> that dude that dude gave everyone in his party cancer uh yep and himself <laughs> RIP. <laughs> <do>, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: damn, damn. Uh, speaking of cancer, we got some questions from the fucking Facebook.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
2: good, uh, good. Yeah,
1: pivot, man, man. Made a post on Facebook. We got some questions from our lovely listeners. Um, so thank you guys in advance for uh, dropping some. Some uh, bits for us to talk about. So uh, yeah, I guess we can get into it. Yeah, our first question comes from Andrew. With Better Call Saul ending soon, who are your top ten favorite characters from that universe? Better Call Saul slash Breaking Bad. Um.
0: Oh, you were just living in this.
1: I I, I made a list ahead of time. Uh.
0: Oh yeah, you've you've had that list since 2015.
1: I uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i made it when i first watched uh breaking bad before i knew better call saul would exist
0: yeah so you probably had to have like a uh, i predicted all the characters oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um should we kind of give like a maybe slight spoiler warning for breaking bad slash better call saul like how much of this do you want to talk about like in terms of like characters and like where they're going and where they they might be at or do you want to do uh, I it like completely seen the
0: latest season or two seasons i can't i think okay. the latest one came out and that's been since of uh, better when, call saul yeah so i don't i know unless there's more character introductions into the latest season so that what would have to really ratchet like what what season are you at with better call saul the last episode that i remember is him and mike in the desert okay doing S- the run. season five okay yeah so i think i have
1: a character on here that isn't introduced until season four um, so, I just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs>
0: He's on uh, mine too. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I guess I can go first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, my wa- number one is Walter White. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is Jimmy McGill. I think uh, Jimmy's a great character, specifically yeah. Jimmy McGill from Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, number three is Jesse Pinkman. Mm-hmm. Number four is Kim Wexler. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five is Lalo Salamanca. Yes. Uh, number six is Nacho Varga from Better Call Saul. Really? hmm yeah. I really like Nacho. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because I'm, like, a fan of the actor. Like, I've enjoyed pretty much everything I've seen him in. Yeah. Um, number seven is Hank Schrader. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Gus Fring. Okay. Number nine and ten, I might actually end up switching, but for number nine, right now, I have Todd Alquist from Breaking Bad. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh and then number ten I have Howard Hamlin from Better Call Saul.
0: Yeah, Hamlin was good. Mm-hmm. Didn't he exit after season two or three? Uh no. Or do they is he still spursed sporadically he's, into- yeah, he's still around. Yeah. Because like, he's competing against Jimmy Miguel's partnership now with kim right yeah he, i he guess slight, slight, slight
1: spoilers for better call saul um yeah well, we,
0: we said that it would fucking happen oh okay. that's
1: not even like well a i big... wasn't sure if you agreed oh, to sorry. it or not <laughs> well
0: i don't want to know anything past season five like i don't okay but, yeah that's so we what...
1: will say like spoilers for yeah breaking bad better call saul just in case like well i'll time stamp this so oh, i
0: was about to say i mean t- that's not a big time spoiler like i don't think that's like one where it's like whoa yeah you know i it Mm-hmm. feel like everyone sees that one coming a mile away. Was there, anything,
1: was there anything on my list you were kind of surprised about? I I feel like you were a little surprised with Todd.
0: Todd, yeah. I mean, I don't...
1: That's why I said I might switch him and Howard, because I think I like Howard more yeah. than Todd as a character. Right. Todd's still, to me, like an interesting character. Like, I like the concept of him and what he represents, but he's not in it a whole lot, and I think Howard is just, to me a more compelling character because he's in more of that show you know Mm -hmm. um but was there anything else that was like a little bit of a surprise Nacho,
0: nacho varga okay um i mean i can't really and kim being at four
1: it was like uh you're not sure why she's that high yeah i really like kim i think kim is like one of the best parts of better call saul like I think she's a strong character.
0: She does play a, a good contrast to Jimmy.
1: Mhm. Yeah. She's a good she's a good character to accompany Jimmy and like sort of like bounce off each other. Like yes. I think their I think their dynamic is amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree. I Yeah. Mhm. I do like him. I don't think she's not. I did not I mean I'm going to go off the top of my head right here. I did I was looking at this today and I was like I don't know if I could come up with 10 but I mean, rattling it off, I'd know. Um, so uh, you want to go through yours? Well, I'm just—I'm still kind of. I mean, Nacho's kind of high. Hmm. Kim was high. Um,
1: I have a decent amount of Better Call Saul characters on here. Recency bias, I guess, maybe it could be, but uh, well,
0: honestly, though, I mean, when you talk about Breaking Bad, there's really only five.
1: Well, and there's like overlap, so like mm-hmm. Gus is in both shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy. Jimmy's in both shows, so you've got. Yeah, it's just kind of overlap, of course, because they're they're the same universe. Better yes. Call Saul is a prequel, but uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much my list right there. Um, I thought about putting Jesse at number two because I really do love Jesse as a mm-hmm. character, but I don't know, like maybe it's recency bias, but I I really enjoy Jimmy as a character in Better Call Saul. He's I mean, good. He's man. super compelling.
0: I mean, it's
2: yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree
0: with that. Yeah. I mean that's it, and well, I mean you got the two main actors that wanted to. Like, it's probably expected, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I don't think there'd be anything, nothing too surprising, dude. One, two, and three. If it's Jimmy, Jesse, and and Walter, like however you say it's proud. I mean, you are gonna find some people that are maybe like, I love Gus Fring, <laughs> yeah, like her, you uh-huh. know.
1: Gus God. is yeah. Gus, I mean, he is an interesting character. Gus is, but there are there are some characters that I think. I enjoy watching more.
0: Yeah, that's what I... I mean, that's how mine would shape up is who I really like on screen, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. I almost thought about putting Chuck on here because he is a compelling character. Um, but I I don't know. Like, I might replace Todd with him, honestly.
0: Who's Chuck the... Chuck's
1: uh, Jimmy's brother in Better Call Saul. Yeah,
0: All. that's a... I don't know if I...
1: Well, like, he's a good character, I, th- like, I would say. Like he is like morally he's not amazing like he's an asshole but you know he's he's fun to watch and like kind of like but like contrast jimmy like Mm -hmm. you know they're like opposites well he he's a a reflection
0: of of, being a rational man Mm -hmm. and and you know upholding law and justice so everything that he does should be Defined principles of the world, mm. you know, and that's why he can't stand Jimmy. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, so that's why they do it's. But and then they, I, I think the only really the only thing that I really didn't like about him is they like had to give him a flaw.
1: Oh, the um, the allergy, the electric, the electricity allergy. All that.
0: I just I. Mm-hmm. I that's why I, I. It's the only thing that it, it's, and it's not his fault as a character. It's the only thing I just didn't like, and I don't know why they have to maybe to make him not be so upstanding so it's like no one could be that virtuous yeah you know i think that's why they i just that's the only reason why i didn't like chuck
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so uh what would your list look like um more or less
0: more or less so i mean we'll go 10 i mean and and for the most part it's probably going to go off of just who i enjoyed watching Mm -hmm. um one walter yep um two would be um boy it's Brock. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to go Jimmy just because I really like, I mean, Better Call Assault, Dude. He that character is like, both of those guys are holding that fucking show. Yeah. Both shows. Like, mm-hmm. if he's not, it, well, one, I'm going to say this too, for what he did to be in Better Call Saul after Breaking Bad and make it just as good.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, that's tough to do. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're going to take your side character and you're going to have to carry this for six seasons. Yep. That's not easy. No, and, and he, he knocks it out of the park. Hundred. That's why I really love Bob Odenkirk, who was just an actor. Oh, yeah. Like I, I he's I, great. Him and dude, him and uh, um, uh, Brian Cranston. Yes, I just love. It just <laughs> says actors in general. Oh yeah, you know. I don't know where Cranston's gone. He's super too talented. Great, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Number three would be Mike. Oh yeah, Mike. Yeah, I've
1: i didn't have him on my list i think because i don't know like i i wasn't like as attached to mike as like a lot of people like i really i enjoy yeah. mike i enjoy like seeing his story and like watching it unfold but i don't know i feel like i didn't have as much of a connection with him as other people do i but i can totally understand
0: like it's for I think i'm more mike breaking bad than i am mike and better call Saul. Mm-hmm. like that's someone that's the mike that i like that mm-hmm. before, he, and, and I do. I like getting the backstory on Mike now and seeing how, how he's come to, but I jaded Mike is the one that I like, yeah. I <laughs> like that one? <laughs> like,
1: not putting up with anyone's shit anymore, type, yeah. Type Mike, like, he's, even more than he does in Better Call Saul. That's
0: what I'm saying. Like, jaded Mike's the best, and there's a couple scenes with him and Breaking Bad that he pulls his weight and he doesn't, you know, just being this grumpy old man, you know. Yep. One of the cool episodes is when him and Jesse are driving around. Oh, yeah.
1: You know? Their, like, relationship that kind of forms. Yeah. And and you get, like... Uh, another thing I like about Better Call Saul, too, is, like, you get a sense that, like, Mike is sort of, uh, like, he gravitates towards that type of relationship. Because, obviously, like, Better Call Saul, you find out, that like, what happened to his son. And then, yep. like, the thing... With, there's, like stuff with, like, Werner, Ziegler, and, like, all that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he just has, like, this sense of, uh, like, wanting a, like, a friendship or, like, a relationship with, like, people who ultimately, like, it doesn't work out because they're in the game, you know? Yeah,
0: I would, I, I think he's got a yearning to give advice from life he's just he's a wise old man yeah and no one listens to him mm-hmm. and he's like most of the time when mike says something he's probably right yep you know and he the, it's funny because he builds this relationship with the people that he wants to help but ultimately it won't do any good because they're in the game like mm-hmm. you said i mean it's just he can't and he he sees his life and it says this is what you need to do to not be in this life you know and that's why i think he's always he eventually just gets jaded to the point where he just doesn't give a shit because can't get anyone to listen to him. So that was your number three? Mike, yeah. Okay. Number four would be Hank Schrader. Nice. Number five's Jesse. Number, oh man, I can't believe, dude, There's just so fucking hard. Lalo's number six, but Lalo could be number fucking four.
1: Yeah, dude, Lalo could be easily up there.
0: I mean, he's got barely any screen time. <laughs> He makes such an impression, though. Like, he's that
1: good of a character. When he
0: got introduced, I was like, oh, who's Lalo? Like, what's up, man? Like, let's go. And then, you know. He's just fucking cooking tacos. Just, like. Having the time of his life. Enjoying life. (laughs) He's like, there's one episode someone could get in trouble. He's like, let's see how this shape's out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, just fucking. He's got this sucker in there. He's just, like, literally mercenary. Mm-hmm. Right, like he is, uh, Javier uh, Bardem from No Country for Old Men. Yeah,
1: like except uh, he's like ten times more charismatic. Yeah, I mean he's obviously like, yes, he's a smooth talker.
0: Exactly, that's why you gotta love him because he doesn't have to play by the rules, and, and- that's
1: that's why he's like. That's why he's able to have such an effect on Jimmy is because, like, Jimmy's so used to, like, smooth talking to people. And then he comes across somebody who can equally, if not better, smooth talk to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that. Man, I got to get up with season six. Um, So who is that? That was was number six. Yes. Um, oh man, I got I got four left. I probably hit hit all the. I was trying to think of some ones from like earlier episodes or um like Breaking Bad or even Better Call Saul. I think there's like a limited range on characters that you could probably select from.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hamlin would be in there. I think I'd put Hamlin at ten though. So now I got seven, eight, and nine. I do like him. He's yeah. actually from this movie called The Last Exorcism. Okay. Um,
1: Patrick Fabian is
0: the actor's yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh not to that, but there might be a movie recommendation coming up. Oh. Um so 7, I got 7, 8, and 9. Yes. Um
1: it's it's difficult to think on the spot. Well, especially when you get to the, like the later half cuz like you can bang out like 1 through 5 so easily like oh, this character, this character. See,
0: and I don't I'm not a big fan of Gus. I didn't I can yeah. You know what? I'm, I can understand that his you see different intentions and motives and how the character is portrayed with Mm -hmm. what he's designed to do and even though he is calculated and all it just doesn't strike me as like oh that awesome
1: yeah you know no i totally get that and i think that's kind of why he's on like the later half of my list yeah
0: but um and even in both um like seasons like it's like all right um could I rope two guys together? Sure. Badger, Badger and... Badger and Skinny Pete? Yeah. I'd throw <laughs> them together. I Even though they're fucking idiots, I think one of the fun conversations that ever happened was when they do the Star Trek convo.
1: They're definitely like the comic relief of Breaking Bad well, after a certain point. You know? Yeah. Because like... The show starts out like kind of a black comedy and then it mm-hmm. like it goes into way more of a drama. Like there's way less moments of like humor and levity. But yeah. then like you still have those two just goofing around.
0: But they just don't get it. They're 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 so far on the outside. They don't know what's being constructed, mm-hmm. you know. They're they, they play their part though. They're just, you know, they're fucking druggies. Like yep. how would they be observant to the world around them, yeah. you know? Mhm. Like, Jesse's building an empire, and they are still like, oh, it's our friend Jesse that's going to sell us meth. Yep. <laughs> like, um, so number nine, we will do number nine. I can't think of it. Like, five, six. Oh, um, the, get the vacuum cleaner. Oh,
1: uh, yeah, the disappearer. Yeah. Robert Forrester. Robert Forrester. Mm-hmm. I would say number nine. R.I.P.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. But even as small of a role that he has, like... Mm-hmm. I really, I. That's why I was trying to think. There's, there's a couple characters that like, Werner, I think, and uh, Bear Call Saul in it for maybe a handful of episodes. I liked him. I like that oh, whole. Oh, he gang. was in, he was enjoyable. I could really put that whole gang together and say the Germans. Oh yeah, like that would be <laughs> like that. Actually, might be ten. Like uh-huh. I don't know. Like that they're more memorable than than Hamlin is, and I really like those performances that you get through a couple, you know, here and there. Like I don't. I can't remember what, if anything, happens to him or what it what goes down, but, mm-hmm. um, like everyone, you know, it's more of more of kind of how I enjoyed if I enjoyed hanging out with them, yeah, or just their performance alone. Honorable mention, uh, Tuco. Yeah, I was thinking about him, but I didn't. He's a good character. He's just a little too over the top for
1: me. That, yeah, that and he's not in it a whole lot, right? But, um, I think he he leaves an impression. For sure. Oh, you
0: say Tuco Salamanca, everyone knows who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: Um, we can move on to our next set of questions from Justin. Uh, his first question is, are there any songs that remind you of a specific movie? Is there anything that comes to mind, McLean?
0: Yeah. my uh, um, I sing a prayer for you. If I hear that, I know you're talking about my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um Okay. Top gun. Uh oh yeah, Top it, Gun for you know, sure. Not the anthem, but uh Danger Zone. <laughs> Danger
1: Zone, take my breath away. Yeah, both of those. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh right now it's actually uh running up that hill by Kate Bush. So you oh. right hear that I know exactly we're talking about Stranger Things.
1: Something in the way with uh the Batman recently.
0: That. Oh, by the Nirvana! Yeah, by, by the Nirvana, old man, man. <laughs> by Jesus the Nirvana. Jesus Christ!
1: I, I love listening to them on the YouTube.
0: He's so mid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, most recently, for for some reason, like I I rewatched um, Devil all the time, and really, they they do a lot of like church hymns in that movie, mm-hmm. and uh, the the blood of the lamb, like that church hymn. Hmm. For some reason, like now whenever I hear that, I'm gonna think of that movie. Because, can... it, like, it's such a dichotomy from, like, the, the message of the hymn to, like, what the movie's about, <laughs> you know? <laughs> a lot of uh, conflicting sort of themes that go well together in contrast. Yeah. Um, there's a uh, few songs in Baby Driver, I feel like. Really? Yeah, like, um, I don't know if it's, like, something that was made for the movie, but, like, when he's running through the store and, like, stuff like that. Not not really heavy spoilers for Baby Driver, but, like, the scene where he's, like, tr- trying to run away from something. mm mm-hmm. um, There's, like, that whole thing. And then uh, there's a scene involving windshield wipers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen Baby Driver. Okay. Well, good thing I'm not spoiling it, then. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, <laughs> said that, and I was like, all right, I don't have to say. Hold on now. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh,
1: no worries there. Um, I think i'm having kind of a hard time thinking of ones for this one
0: for um, the music
1: yeah I mean,
0: thor ragnarok whenever i hear led zeppelin oh immigrant yeah song immigrant song that immediately pops up into my head mm-hmm. um deliverance but a down 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 oh yeah yeah doing banjos um let's see ride of the valkyries i think of apocalypse now Oh
1: yeah. Dun, da da du da da da, da, da 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 like that one. Yeah.
0: And I've only seen that movie once, but every I, they were in the helicopter and they were spraying it was like I think they were just gunning down or dropping napalm. I can't remember, but they were like with the helicopter. It's pretty dope. I mean A lot of Christmas songs,
1: specifically Run Run Rudolph. I think of like so many Christmas movies. Probably, Jingle all the way. Jingle All the Way Home Alone. A, yeah. I mean it could totally have it in it. I don't oh, know. But it probably like, does. Whenever characters are rushing around or like panicked in a Christmas movie. You know
0: that's coming on. That song is fucking playing. Oh, yeah. They're round, round,
1: it. Rudolph. Santa's gonna make it to town. Is that Chuck
0: Berry? I have no clue. I think that's Chuck. I think that's how they helped him out with stealing all his music. Oh. On royalties. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, a lot of Christmas
1: songs with certain fu- uh, films. I almost said food. Certain food, too. Interesting. Yeah. Not- my, my subconscious going against my consciousness right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh oh Bohemian Rhapsody with Wayne's World.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: You That's know? a big one. I think the other aspect of this too though is like you'd have to play us a song and like I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's in this film, you know."
1: Um certain songs with Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: Oh yeah, dude. Um Yeah. yeah. Um, Come and get your love by the Red Bones. Yeah, yeah. Native American. Uh, if you like Pena
1: Coladas. Also yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Well,
0: that one actually, when I hear that one, I think of Shrek.
1: Oh, yeah. If
2: you like Pena Coladas. Smash Mouth.
1: Speaking of uh, Shrek.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, kind and, uh, of. Yeah. I Need
1: a Hero is in Shrek
0: 2 at the end. Ex- uh, is it? Yeah. I, I need, need a, a hero. hero. Oh, and I was about to say there's another one by Nickelback. Oh
1: And they say that A hero could save us us. Did you know that That music video
0: That music video Is promoting
1: The movie It's promoting Spider-Man 2 Oh really? Yeah, if you look up the music video for that song, yeah. it's like them on a rooftop and it's like mm-hmm. crumbling around them and then fucking Spider Man swooping around.
0: Yeah, I remember the music. I remember the music video. I thought it was just kind of like, hey, like we're just gonna. This is part of the film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is, but that actually. Well, and I haven't heard that one in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. The damn, I had it. I had There's a Queen song
1: too. in Shaun of the Dead where they're like beating up the zombies with the pool cues. It's like
0: don't stop me yeah now. don't stop me now i'm having yeah, yeah. such a good, good time. time i'm, I'm having, having a ball <laughs> yeah
1: mm-hmm. uh wow. that one reminds it, me of that scene i was about
0: to say like look, look, look at us go
1: i know we're we're snapping them off left and right now
0: yeah i was about to say because well you said i need a hero and then i said hero because there was another one i was thinking about um and it's uh, it's eluded me now but i'm sure we'll come back you know there's
1: a i i finished watching a show on Netflix called Dark. And, uh, oh, yeah.
0: It's about the uh, German show with yeah, uh, yeah. the time portal.
1: Uh, something like that, yeah. Think, Have you yeah. seen it?
0: First season. Saw it in 2017 if, or
1: 18. If you ever finish it, we should talk about it.
0: Oh. Um,
1: but the intro song to that is also in Breaking Bad during a scene. Mm-hmm. No spoilers, but it's the scene where Gus is walking towards an old folks home.
2: Mm. Don't yep. remember that.
1: Uh, a lot of people don't. I've brought it up to a couple, and they they don't <laughs> they don't remember it. Not so.
0: all of us have seen it ten times, Kyle. I
1: mean, I do have that advantage. I will admit. <laughs> I will admit
0: picking up on some of the smaller cues. Oh,
1: uh, another Breaking Bad one. Oh, here we My go. My baby blue when i hear that oh, one dude yeah i I, yes. I heard that at sam's club so much really like they'd play it over the radio it, Dude,
0: you know what it happened well, it's the same as the stranger things when it's a phenomenon it's a big you know song comes out it's mm-hmm. kind of you know it's it's it hasn't been dusted off in a while and all of a sudden it's just like fuck like yeah it's just blowing up oh dude bad company breaking records yeah mm-hmm. uh i'm trying to think because I, I don't yeah no that's Master of Puppets now with Stranger Things I might think of. Mm -hmm. There are some songs that do pop up, though, that when I hear it, I'm like, oh, I remember it. Dude, there's like a sweet scene with, you know... But some of them just don't pop in the head. But yeah, those... those, Space Jam. I don't know if that one counts.
2: I
1: would say so, yeah. Yeah, You know? Mm -hmm. That's a song that they... They also played that at Sam's Club.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. It was have... when the
1: new one was coming out. Oh. Uh,
0: that and then uh, fly like an eagle. Every time I hear do doo-doo, do 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 Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime
0: I hear that, I think of the of MJ dunking.
1: Dude, the first the first Space Jam definitely had a killer soundtrack.
0: Oh, like dude, it. are you kidding? We we own me and me and my brother own that. Like that got pumped like when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Like you could do you know that fly like an eagle. Um, Hit him high, hit him low. Yeah, man, I'm trying to think. There's a couple other hits on there too. We're um, oh no, that's part of the fuck. <laughs> it, that and Jock jams. Mm-hmm. They probably stole some of that.
1: Um, we can move on to our next question. Okay, that's fair. Uh, favorite animated movie? Really. Yes Akira
0: No I'm just joking don't, I,
1: mm, on, Akira would be up there I don't know if I'd call it my favorite but No
0: I don't think you could I don't think it'd be fair Because you've only had it in your mind for two years That's true
1: That is very true
0: I mean, There's movies that are out, like Land Before Time You probably saw when you were five
1: Dude I saw like so many Land Before Time movies And I don't remember anything what? about them Damn
0: Shameless I was, plug for Land Before Time I was, I a, little, shit on. I
1: was a little baby <laughs> <laughs> I was a little dumb baby
0: um <laughs> oh look at him drawing He's so dumb
1: <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i might have to take a quick sneak peek at my animated film list yeah my my letterbox real quick so if you if you think of any you can definitely go ahead and rattle some off
0: animated well you got all the pixar stuff in disney which i that's think all, that's yeah. probably where i would fall in i don't know if i can think of an animated film that i've seen that is of a grown-up nature mm-hmm right yeah you know like i don't think D- D- disney pixar like scanner darkly <laughs> haven't seen that right um i don't even know if you call that it's got to be animated
1: Ooh, uh fantastic mr fox it's pretty great
0: that's claymation
1: that's still animated i mean it's half the word claymation animation
0: well you can't just steal mation
1: uh yes you can <laughs> i do all the time <laughs> and i'm doing
0: it right now and i'm so doing the, it right now fantastic mr fox yeah no i got the isle of dogs Okay. Uh, no, I don't. Oh. Uh. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I haven't seen it, so I don't know.
1: <gasps> yeah. uh, I don't know. Fantastic, Mr. Fox. No, that's claymate. You can't take Claymation. Stop motion animated comedy film is what Wikipedia Stop says. Stop motion
0: animated?
1: Yes. It's still animation. I... I mean, it's kind of the same concept as, like, oh, you draw pictures on, a like, a series of paper, and then you, like, continually flip them, and you see an image move. That's kind of the same thing, you know? It... You're just it like it's not. You're taking well, in concept, you know. Wow, I, I will die on this hill, and Carbonated I will let
0: water is pop. Then
1: I'll, I'll die on this hill, and I'll let Kate Bush run up it. Damn. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> I like to climb that bush? Am I right? Oh, wait, no, I meant that hill. Uh <laughs> um, dude, I don't Running know. Running up shit, now, hill. you're fucking now. Now I'm the spot that I got to think of something clever. Now I mean. If uh,
1: if we don't count Miss Fantastic, Mister Fox, okay, Spirited Away is pretty
0: great. What are we doing? Are you not are, are you not giving into corporations now or something? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Disney is what I'm saying. Not gonna fall into your trap.
1: Though. I mean, childhood favorite, The Lion King.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean that's that's what I'm saying. Like I was, mm. finding Nemo, I think, is probably like my number one. And that's the only one that that's pops a good up. pick. Monsters Inc. falls in yeah. there. Those two I are probably loved
1: Monsters Inc. so much as a kid.
0: Hardest I ever laughed in theaters besides Borat. Monsters Inc. Nice. <laughs> and it's two wildly contrasted movies. Yep. Same guttural roll after though.
1: That's pretty that's pretty great. Yes. God, I haven't seen Monsters Inc. in so long.
0: Dude. Still holds up. Excellent.
1: That's yes. good to hear. Like it still holds up. That is Amazing to hear, because I, I super enjoyed that film as a kid. Yeah. Um, we can move on to our next question. What's your ideal runtime for a movie? I think it depends. Two hours and forty-one minutes for Kyle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Any less, not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> not worth it at all. Don't
0: show me. Wait till you watch Tree of Life. That's like three fifteen, <laughs> and that's more visuals and less dialogue.
1: Excellent. <laughs> One day I should recommend uh, Satan Tango. Seven and a half hours long.
0: Oh, dude, there's like we could do the unedited version of Das Boot. Mm, how long is that? I think that's like four and a half. Oh, excellent! Like that's just sens- make a day out of it. Yeah, well, so <laughs> there are movies out there that we could just fucking like, yeah. I I think
1: myself, I tend to gravitate. I mean, obviously with our discussion about Stalker, but I tend to gravitate towards movies that are longer, mm-hmm. but. Content's got to be there. I, it, yeah, it depends on what the movie is going for and like what the quality of it is. Cause a movie could be eighty minutes long and it it's like a piece of shit, or it could be something like Primer where it's fucking amazing.
0: Concise, really quick mm-hmm. to the point. Like that's
1: deviate. Nice little runtime. Primer is probably my favorite movie that is
0: that short. Would you say it's a prime example? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: i would say so
0: <laughs> i'd agree with that yeah
1: yeah um but then there are movies like you know stalker or devil all the time that are like over two hours long that i really love um, yeah you
0: can't yeah
1: you know and, and blade are. runner blade runner 2049 one of my favorite movies of all time That's How long like was like two hours in like 43 minutes was it
0: really mm-hmm. god that went down smooth
1: it yeah It depends on the pacing. It depends on the quality and like how much I get out of it.
0: You're still avoiding the question, Kyle. I haven't heard an answer yet. What is your ideal runtime?
1: I guess I don't really have one. (laughs) But if I had to pick, if I had to pin it down, just go in between. I would say a little over two hours. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty solid runtime for any for most movies.
0: I think I'm in the same boat. Like I think. I think anywhere from like one ten to one thirty, is pretty good. But mm-hmm. like you said, the content's got to be there. Like I think Jurassic Park's a two-hour, 20-minute schlag. Exactly. Like, that one just it was like, man, this is not ending. Mm-hmm. You know? But, Absolutely. Um, And then there are movies like Blade Runner 2049 where it's a quick two, almost three-hour movie.
1: The pacing of a film does so much for the runtime if it's
0: like a longer movie. Like, I, that's what... Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um... Titanic would be another good example, but I, I, I'm big on content. I like, I, if, if it's a short movie, I'm like 80 to 90 minutes. How Mm -hmm. about this? If it's a, if it's supposed to be short, 80 to 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. get me in, get me out. The ones I think that suck are hour 40, hour 50. Mm -hmm. Like, like, you know, it takes an hour and 45 minutes. Like, I think that there's just either you're trying to cram too much into a little bit of space or you've dragged it out way too long. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So, but, and you know, movies that go over two hours can do that too, but like. You
1: know, it depends. Yeah, it really depends. But I
0: do. I I, I think I'm with you, though. If it's over two hours, I'm usually like, and I think I'll be enthralled because there's going to be enough content there to hold my mind.
1: Yeah, I think that's a solid, solid time um, for the most part. Few exceptions, but
0: actually you can see the reflection with the pod.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Let us know how the pacing of this episode is and what your preferred (laughs) runtime is. And we'll tell you to go fuck yourself. There we go. (laughs) Uh, his next question is for me. Kyle, do you prefer point break or speed? <laughs> kind of a <laughs> kind of a, a resuscitation of the last question, uh, on the previous episode. Uh, I would say point break. I've seen it more and I think I enjoy really? that film more. Yeah, I like speed a lot too. I, I like, do both you like films. speed too? Not speed too with Sandra Bullock, no. I like speed also. Okay. Yes. Um, but I think Point Break is my preferred. Are you haven't you, seen Speed 2? Uh, no, because it doesn't have Keanu in it. So why would I? What's the point? <laughs> oh, you have an idea. I, I see the I see the wheels turning in your head.
0: There's a couple. I'm trying to. So after. Anyways, I'm not cutting you <laughs> off. Answer, you know, Justin, if that's. I didn't mean to cut you off. That is my answer. Okay. Point Break. Cool.
1: <laughs> um, Which one do you prefer? I'll ask you.
0: Point Break, hundred percent. I mean, it's that, it's it's juicier. I think it's it's a, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. The stakes are high, but it's in such a light manner. Yeah, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. you see a person die at speed, like <sighs> multiple people. Yeah, yeah. Like they're it's like man, it's kind of like
1: Point Break feels like there's a little more weight to it. Speed, it feels like a lot of the people are like kind of just fodder, you know
0: yes Mm -hmm. like that's where and that's i i and you know point to dead presidents surfers robbing banks yeah and you got johnny utah from the fucking played quarterback at ohio state and now he's a (laughs) undercover fucking vice like (laughs) dude it's
1: got everything there it's got it's got a lot there's a lot you can unpack
0: johnny's got a lot of demons don't Mm. you johnny
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh patrick i wish you were still with us um our next question is from Katie. Uh, it's a pretty common one, I would say, okay. just in, for questions in general. Yeah. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Mm. Do I have to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, this if is if my go-to. To.
0: I could sneeze quarters. <laughs>
1: You've told me that before. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah.
0: it's incredible. Yeah, I would never be without money. If I had to I feel get, like that I would hurt though. Huh? Wouldn't that hurt? Well, if they're superpowers, we're obviously expanding the na- the nasal so passage when I sneeze them.
1: I, I, I'm i trying to picture. So, when you say sneeze quarters, do you mean like you go achu and then like a few quarters just fall out? Or do you go achoo and you like shoot quarters out of your nose like a machine? gun? I would
0: say depending on how hard the sneeze is. Like, mm. if this were a movie, there'd be at one point where it's like I, I can't sneeze, you know, and obviously we're getting into a pinch. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, if it's like the boys, like someone makes me sneeze and it's like a really like... Ah! You know, and then, like, I just blast someone's head off with, like, you know, 50 pounds of quarters at them. Yeah. You know, if it was a Disney movie, probably not as heavy. Or they don't show it. Mm. Um, but, no, anytime I sneeze. So, like, if I get allergy season going, you know, imagine that, too. Like, I'm a superhero. Like, people would follow me on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd probably get captured. Actually, uh, episode would be when the homeless capture me. And then they like tickle my feet or something like that, or they tickle my nose. Yeah, you know, and like, like and well,
1: I'm... we found the fountain.
0: Yeah, like and I'm held hostage, but they also know that the harder I sneeze, the more like you know powerful the quarters are coming at them.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they
0: have to be like careful about it. Yeah, you know,
1: there's a whole nuance to it.
0: Oh, and then there's like an episode where I get a stuffy nose and I'm no good to anyone, and I have to find my true self and mm-hmm. how I can fight. Evil it's kind of without... like
1: Spider-Man too, you know. Where he kind of loses his powers a little bit.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Except, you know, I'm taken out because of fucking... Sinuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst hero ever. But I'll tell you what, mm. anywhere we go, it's like, dude, we need five bucks? Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know? I would probably...
1: Uh, I, I, I would normally say invisibility. Okay. But right now, I'm kind of leaning towards having stretchy body. Like uh, Mister Mister Fan- Fantastic, oh okay, or uh, what? Yeah, Mister Fantastic is that what they call him? Whatever the kids, uh, you know, stretching out or Stretch whatever. Armstrong, yeah, pretty much, because um, a- then I could pretty much shape my body into how I want, and I could look like I have the body of uh Henry Cavill, you know? Oh, wow! Not like I already don't, but you know,
0: <laughs> is that stretching the body? I could stretch.
1: Like that? I could stretch certain things and make them. <laughs> <laughs> a a little bit more favorable yeah yeah your feet right (laughs) and and if i'm just sitting down somewhere i could stretch my arm all the way to the fridge and grab a soda i wouldn't have to get up and walk that's true And it wouldn't matter if i get out of shape because of that because i could just shape myself into shape yeah wow it's a it's a whole system that i've thought about
0: atrophy out the window
1: exactly yeah if I start aging, I can just stretch my skin
0: to make myself look younger. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, now you're getting into, like, the... Well, what, hap- what happens when you stretch too much and you develop stretch marks? Well, then, I'll, you know,
1: that's just the process of aging. And then, like... One day um, I'll look like I'm 25, and then the next day I'll just fucking die and like fall over, <laughs> and then my body will just disintegrate. And then we like because like, I can't
0: hold it anymore. They do the medical records, and he's like, "By God, he's born in 1993. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 20, 20 like 2,290."
1: Yeah. As I age, my body is put like doing more work for me to do the stretches that I want. Yeah. So it just fucking I just turn into dust
0: <laughs> that's it it just uh, eventually it's like a rubber band that just snaps and disintegrates into a thousand pieces mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah that'd be crazy yeah and then what we can do is you could stretch your body out and then i can shoot quarters off your stomach at the bad guys oh yeah you know yeah. what i'm saying like there's a lot of like
1: you know we can make up like a superhero team yeah like, i'll call myself slingshot you call yourself uh, quarter Pounder.
0: Yeah. There we <laughs> there, go. Hey, there right. we go. A, easy on the physique there. Not all of us can stretch out.
1: I meant like you're pounding the bad guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, not yeah. in that
0: way. That. It- <laughs> yeah, you get them in a chokehold, and I'll pound their ass. <laughs> wow. Marvel, we-, we have an idea. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: How do you think Mr. Disney would take to
1: that? <laughs> oh, uh, Hello, Marvel? <laughs> Just hang up. Um our last question comes from Chris. How will the minions, the rise of Gru, affect the economy? Um I think uh in the short term it'll flourish, but in the long term it will uh prove to be disastrous. <clears throat> you think this answer. is what
0: leads to the revolution?
1: I think this is what leads to revelations, aka the rapture.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, can't get away from it. No,
1: (laughs) it all comes back to stalker. (laughs) It all comes back to stalker. Yeah, what I'm putting down. Um, epitaph. Yeah. All right. So uh, that'll be on my gravestone. Uh, yeah. No. How will the minions, the rise of Gru, affect the economy, McLean?
0: Not sure. I don't think that's maybe a blip. Yeah, I don't think that there's, there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, the TikTok crowd coming out.
1: Honestly, it'll affect culture more than the economy. I don't know. Well, you've, you've seen it already with the, the gentle minions. Have you heard about that?
0: I think there's a lot of fads going on right now. I think this will be another fad. I mean, it definitely is a fad, but
1: I wasn't sure if you were aware of the Gentle Minions fad.
0: Is that where they dress up in their suits? Yep. And they go to the movies? (laughs) Yeah. I've seen it. It threw me off the one, Come on, bro. I'm not old man, Mac. Jesus. (laughs) Well,
1: you know, you did say, uh, what did you say earlier? The... The, the, the nirvana yeah the nirvana you said the nirvana <laughs> that earlier, is such so like, an
0: old man like i gotta make sure <laughs> oh my god are you gonna go see the stalker like, <laughs> yeah yeah i said that a couple times i was like i gotta catch myself before i just start rattling the, like that's gonna be like all right easy does it for year old. to go get some just and take a nap yeah yeah go listen to some
1: music on the youtube
0: <laughs> the netflix yeah i'm
1: um, watching the netflix god just throwing articles this out dark left show and right. confuses me <laughs> um yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely something that I think is gonna pass as a fad for sure. But
0: how is it gonna affect the economy? I, don't it know. I the economy? really Probably hope not. that like it turns into like a revolution, and then this is like the America, you know, the. Mm-hmm revolutionary war
1: it'll be like uh the the january 6th riots except they're all dressed up as minions yeah it'll be great and they're all shouting banana as they storm
0: capitol hill oh my god yeah and Mm -hmm. then yeah ringing the victory bell then in 100 years i'll be telling this tale of not paul revere but But how the gentle minions (laughs) but of king
1: bob yeah (laughs) who shouted banana from the presidential podium as he gave his first secretary of state honestly
0: think about it if these guys all like got together and took over the United States and in history books in a hundred years had to read off the gentle minions and they had to go over when they were on six and West Street, mm-hmm. taking over like the Sears Tower and they were gaining leverage over like you know, imagine ban- like bananas that would be
1: it'd be like that Coldplay song, it was all yellow.
0: Mm. Is that a reference to something? What do you reference
1: to? They have a song called Yellow. Oh. He, oh, in you're the song, saying the gentle minions? In the song, he well, goes, it's all yellow. Well, they not
0: yellow, though. Unless not, the they gentle,
1: not the gentle minions, right. but the uh, the minions themselves, oh my God, what they, they represent. They,
0: like, do the deities. Mm-hmm. They become, like, our... Yeah, yeah. It's not the Statue of Liberty anymore. They
1: rewrite the Bible, except, like, every other noun is replaced with banana.
0: I would fucking... If that half, like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'd be impressed by the dedication of somebody.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's but happened. you could
1: easily download a, a Bible document and then, like, search and replace certain words with just banana, and it'd be that easy, you know? Just put it in a Word document.
0: Just make a history. Yeah. Print like, it out. I, well, I'm just thinking, like, A Handmaid's Tale, except Gentle Minions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how <laughs> pissed off people I would be, like, just to...
1: I think there'd be a few upset people. Oh, you think that the gentle minions have shaped culture and ideology as we know it? Yeah, you that's know? what I'm
0: saying. They're steering us. Someone would
1: make like the counter, like the counterculture version film for that, like with Stalker. Oh my God! Yeah, as part of like the Minion Society, the like, Minions
0: leading him into like a deeper sense of self a deeper
1: understanding of your hopes and desires oh my
0: god it's just animated (laughs) kyle's new favorite animated it's
1: animated and it's it's slapstick like the minions
0: (laughs) oh yeah except it's supposed to be deep that's as deep as people can get now yeah (laughs) Well, don't need to go too much further than the subconscious. I'm good right here. Yep. Quick question, though. What's up? Uh, what world would you rather live in? Handmaid's Tale or Gentle Minions taking over United States? Handmaid's
1: Tale. Really? Because I'm, I'm a man.
0: Sexist. Yep. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs>
1: uh, I would have it pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we answering... Not it. that I don't already. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm thinking i'm thinking gentle minions because i feel like i might be like a fighter on the outside that would try to get in to save the people and then get hurt whereas gentle minions i don't think i'm in the way of the gentle minions Mm. so i'm not pissing anyone off it's kind of like i'm staying in my lane i would just be pissed off that's where we're at as america now Mm
1: -hmm. you know better to be pissed off than pissed on speaking of
0: yellow oh hey Coldplay. yep uh (laughs) so is that uh, what that song is about
1: yes (laughs) (laughs)
0: we learn something new every
1: day you know i'm glad i can bring this knowledge to you um so we can pretty much wrap up but uh one more piece of business oh mclean you get to make a film pick recommendation i I am excited for what you decide for us to watch
0: uh you know what i i think i gotta do it i'm just it it hit me and we had stalker so i want to do something a little bit lighter Okay. This movie's on HBO Max. Excellent. It is an easy watch, and there is a lot of fodder. Mm. So, <laughs> you know, not that I, we have to race out of here. Oh, my God are you
1: really doing it speed two cruise control
0: oh
1: baby (laughs) yeah
0: me and uh i've watched this i've watched this was i'm just gonna tell you right now just so everyone has a glimpse into the future but this was a film that i religiously watched um from 1999 98 okay to probably left hbo back and when i was nine
1: (laughs) i just looked this up (laughs) i'm looking at the ratings oh yeah it's it's funny dude
0: it is wait till you watch it i oh i'm excited dude i haven't seen this no it's a we watched it and there is so much to rip off the bone dude and it's like it's got the foe in it so you're gonna probably enjoy that it's gonna you're gonna be compelled i guarantee you're gonna be compelled and confused and can't wait to hear what you have to say about it i really can't and then i've what me and sam watched this like two or three weeks ago and i hadn't seen it and it was like watch like rewatching it for the first time again uh uh-huh. and i was like oh my god
1: i i'll probably watch the first one too just to like oh familiarize should we do myself. both of them yeah we can do both you want to do both sure
0: let's do both
1: like our, our primary discussion will be speed
0: too yeah but we'll, we'll also talk about the well, first one we'll do the first one first and then we'll end with the you know the better film <laughs> yeah <Yo. laughs>
1: I haven't seen it, so I guess I can't fight you on that yet. But, not yet. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm really excited for this. Uh, I'm I'm going into something that I just have no idea. This is
0: a genuine. This is like up your alley too. With like you know when you wake, watch it. I, I'm not gonna say it's like Gemini Man. I think it's way better than Gemini Man. But that's oh, my. That's, 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 that's good. <laughs> I'm that's so my. Glad.
1: Uh, well, I fucking hated Gemini. You man.
0: just wait and watch it.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess if you don't want to be spoiled for speed Two, cruise control and the first speed, um, be sure to watch those films before episode 25.
0: I think they're both on HBO max.
1: Excellent. Um, so we will check those out. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, you can find us on the neon You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple podcasts um various social medias find us there follow us uh send us a message um you know tell us tell us your your name your credit card info you know the, yeah, the
0: date of birth and so usually open up well on the dialogue
1: yeah yeah um that way we know you're a true fan yep. um we'll appreciate 100%. it very much and um yeah thank you guys and uh what a fun episode it was very fun i really enjoyed this you guys made
0: it this far i'm happy all three of you just give me the thumbs up Mm -hmm. facebook
1: (laughs) give us the thumbs up while you're sending us your credit card info yeah please (laughs)
0: don't forget about that soch
1: yep hit uh be sure to subscribe to the youtube channel too i'm looking to get more subscribers on there so if you aren't already um if you could uh, subscribe, that'd be awesome. I know. Tell I
0: your s- friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers. I
1: know I sound like a douchebag YouTube vlogger right now, but um, I, it would it would really uh, uh, make us feel certain certain feelings,
0: certain type of way, as they say, mm-hmm.
1: as the Zoomers would say. Yeah. On so mid on, on God, no cap.
0: You what? Know? Uh, Is that any- a TikTok thing?
1: Anyway, McLean. <laughs> Is there any... Yeah,
0: if you don't subscribe, I'm going to sneeze quarters on you. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Cutting it. (laughs) You just want to cut it there? (laughs) No, I will say WWTHD. All right. Bye, everyone.